Welcome, and thank you for joining us uh, on one of the very first episodes of the new show that we have going on for Salt of Streets that we are currently calling SOSID. I'm going to leave everything open up for uh, for change. Say that again. SOS ID. ID. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll get into that in just a few minutes. Um, I am joined here, obviously, by my normal co host, Colin. Hello, everybody. Um, and of course, our guest for this week is Brian, the Salty Duck. We are happy to have you here. You've been on the regular show before. Yes, sir. Uh, this is a new show that we're cooking up. So, um, the general state of men's health is in decline. Right. Indeed. Um, and many people have begun to call it like a men's health crisis. They're calling it a lot of different things. Right. Um, and so. Additionally to that, I actually just heard this week that suicides overall are higher this year than they ever have been on record, um, as we know, or people may not know, but um, men make up the majority of suicides in this country, so that's obviously what we mentioned here today, um, and I think that... It's pretty easy to say that almost everybody's life is a little more difficult right now than it was just a few years ago, you know, for one reason or another. Indeed. Um, this show that we're doing is being made with the express intent to address this issue of men's health, the crisis, the whatever you want to call it, right? Um, the idea for the show was actually given to me by my friend Isaiah De La Cruz, which is part of why it is called SOS ID. He's immortalized in the name Isaiah De La Cruz ID at the end, right? Um, does that make sense? You see that makes sense. That? I like so the that. other reason that we're calling it that, um, and naturally it lends to the purpose of the show, is that we are here to try and identify and address the problems that men are having in their lives before they need to send out a distress signal, which nautically is referred to as an SOS. Indeed. Right? See where I'm coming from. You see the... The double entendre all the way around, dude. This was a beautiful moment that I had at work where I was like, I think that I may have figured The intro's got to have the... Ooh, there it is. Thank you. you know, you're not it. Thank you. I almost said naughty boy. You're a nautical I mean, boy, I should say. It yeah. does go both ways, actually. Yeah, does very nice. <laughs> we know the songs. So maybe let's just take a second and we'll talk about kind of the general idea. We'll start by talking about that general idea of like the mental health crisis, mm-hmm. right? The men's mental health thing. And we could talk about um, maybe why it's here, uh, maybe some of the issues that men are kind of running into, and then some of the responses that we've seen to it, you know, because we've, I think it, just in the last couple of months, we've seen some, like, more harshly negative responses to it, you know, there's some... Uh, like, I think it depends on what corners of the internet you hang out in, precisely, yeah, but... and I, I just mean... But I it's more in general than I think ever before. And that's, I think, what I'm getting at, that, you know, I don't know, and I'm only 28, going on 29, but I don't think 15 years ago, women were coming out in any number to talk about, oh, it's so sad that men fucking feel this way and like making fun of them for having negative feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's obviously not. Do you think that's what's happening now is women are making is, fun of it? That is happening now. I'm not saying that's happening on a broad spectrum. That's what I was referring to earlier yeah. is that there is like what I was thinking of and referring to as compilation videos, right, that I have mm. seen of their TikToks, their nonsense, right? So they're, they're garbage people that are doing this thing. For views, for clicks. Certainly, certainly, yeah. certainly. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not drawing any too finite of a, okay. of a thing. Yeah, I wasn't right? sure because I know I've seen it some of the other ways too. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's mm-hmm. precisely that's why I'm, I'm not saying bro, even drawing it as a, a it's broad, not broadly broad happening. Stroke, no, yeah. it's, but this yeah. is happening that I don't think we were seeing, 
you know, 10, 15 years ago um, that for whatever reason it's happening now is happening. Even if it's just for the views, you know, yeah. that's a whole nother issue of why the fuck are people making fun of genuine mental health issues because they want to get clicks on the internet. You yeah. Know, this is a problem. Whether or not it's a that's, mental- a, that's a broader problem, Precisely. really. <laughs> Whether or not it's a mental health problem, I don't know, but it is a problem. Um, it's certainly so. not helping. Yeah, so the goal, like I was saying earlier, the show is is to talk about some issues in general, um, but have different people on all the time. If we're calling tonight to do some episodes together, to be talking about the issues that we are running into as men, that we're dealing with as men, to kind of open up that door for other people to listen to this show and identify with those things a little bit, because I think it's pretty common for men to kind of like suffer in silence, you know? Yeah, Yeah, we're pretty good at it. Yeah. It's like a, a real problem I think most men have. Um, particularly these days because it's so much there's so much more of a stigma around it than even before because now there's so much more like men's empowerment movements out there it's like well the 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 concept of patriarchy is still you know going hard you know what is this fourth fifth wave feminism is not helping and you know the concepts of like rape culture and you know everything that hits the new mainstream, at least as far as like on one side of, we'll just say generalized thought. I don't want to like label this like a politically left or right thing, but you know, on one side of the spectrum, there's men generally are always bad and, and can do no good unless they are like an ally of some kind. Do you think there's a political split with suicide rates? Do you think uh, one side commits more suicide than the other? Ooh, I think so. I've never even thought about that. But for reasons I think are not political. Because I would more say more blue collar guys probably committing suicide. Then. More blue collar guys and more veterans. The veteran suicide okay. rate is off the fucking charts. Yeah, and that that's, that's but they're almost be, their own class of people. Yeah, which right. is what yeah. essentially they are on some yeah. in some ways. So I'm like, it might work out to be split politically like that, but also yeah. when you, you know, for lack of a better term, a bunch of like beta male cuck soy boys. They're going to be just as fucked up in the head, really. This, yeah, as, I wonder. That's know. what I thought of. I was like, I wonder if those guys commit suicide at the same rates that, like, I don't know, factory I dudes probably not do. with guns, but um, <laughs> but I would imagine that they do because there's a with soap arpas and red wine. Yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, there's a. I, I'm just thinking of um, the type of like leftist. If you're if you're a white leftist dude you know Mm -hmm. and you're doing your best to like hold down the fort and represent all the people and be an ally at the same time you're still a white male so you're still the dude that they're complaining about you're still going to be told not to talk when you show up to fucking rallies and stuff like Mm -hmm. that your opinion means less all this stuff right so even if even if somehow you can deal with that cognitive dissonance that you're holding of trying to support those ideals while also being the problem of all of these things. If, <laughs> so if you can somehow get around that, you're still yeah. the issue. You're still the problem all of the time. Yeah. And I, that's got to wear down <laughs> on you if people are constantly telling you that you're the... I'm mean, going to hear that all the time. I don't think I don't. that's a source of a lot of people's self-loathing, though, you think? You think people take it that seriously? What, I think if you're surrounding... What politics is saying to them? I, I, don't, I don't think politics. I mean the people around them. And that's through through their political spectrum and their Cultural, expression yeah. yeah but not not just because a political leader is telling you you're garbage no it's because the people around them that there are mm-hmm. also that align with them politically so they are 
they're supporting the same things yeah. as them. You know, those yeah. people are also because if you're supporting those social ideals, at the same time, if you're running with that leftist shit, you're accepting and promoting that you are the problem as a white male. Yeah. And um, I'm again, I'm not drawing a fucking broad like I don't think this is a ton of people, but I gotta imagine there's some dudes that yeah. fucking kill themselves because of the end because the they like, feel like they're the because pro- like, I, I am the bearer of the I responsibility of and I can't win. You know, there's past genocide and stuff. It doesn't yeah. matter who I'm supporting, who I'm an ally of, who I'm trying to like promote. At the end of the day, they're still telling me that I'm the problem, even though I'm here at this rally promoting their shit. Yeah, and, you know, and it's hard to tell. For sure, because it's like we're not a part of those circles. And I've never thought about this before. This yeah. is just where my brain went. So you know, because it, it's a, it, you just. No, I haven't thought about this either. From yeah. like the outside perspective, you feel like it has to, because I'm like I'm trying to put myself in that shoe in those shoes, and I mean we got a mutual buddy who is uh, pretty surrounded by those types of people, and it's definitely affected him. Yeah, a thousand percent, and the way he moves throughout life, and the way. Do I know this buddy? Have I met him one singular time? Yes. Okay. Yes, indeed. Well, and Maybe I rem- more than once, but I, I think I know just for once. once. And I remember when I was doing running starts when I was in high school, um, one of the college classes I was in, I don't remember which one it was, but we were having some type of discussion that had was running parallel to race, right? And I don't even remember the exact uh, parameters of discussion. I just remember this interaction that I had. Mm -hmm. And I was explaining something, and I felt like it was starting to get into, like, dicey territory. And there was just a small, like, two or three black girls in the class, and they were all sitting together. And I turned and, like, apologized to them for however I felt like whatever I was saying could have been perceived. And she snapped at me and was like, why are you apologizing to me? You don't need to fucking apologize to me. And... I was super confused. You yeah. know, it was like I like was trying to be considerate. Like I felt like I was doing the right thing yeah. by just prefacing like I'm not trying to be a fucking dickhead by saying this, so I'm sorry if that's how you took it. And she was not pleased by that. You know, <laughs> that's based. I like her. She it's sounds cool. certainly now I'm like this was the right thing for you to do. But at the time, yeah. you know, when I because I was fucking no, seventeen say what you or whatever, mean. you don't have to preface it or precisely. Yeah. And yeah. it's they were older than me. Like that's that's a definite. I would say uh, could be an issue with the running star thing. You know, you got a bunch of fifteen to seventeen year olds running around a college that are interacting with people oh, who wow. are. Yeah, I don't know much about that program. Yeah, so running star was you just. You could you took college classes instead of high school classes, but they counted for high school credits. Yeah. So, um, so you're there with you know adults of any age because it's a community college. So yeah. you're there with people who are 19 to fucking 65 that are yeah. just getting another degree. And so to some extent that's very good. To another extent it cannot be because you're yeah. interacting with another <laughs> well, adult like kids who's who work like retail. You got like 16 year olds right. next to 80 year olds. Right. That's so, yeah. That's a weird concept. Yeah. yeah. I see it every day now because I, I yeah. Oh yeah. I work in a retail. I don't work retail myself, but I work in a retail environment. Right. You know. Yeah. I'm around it enough. Right. So it's not inherently bad. You know. Yeah. But there it can be. It can get complicating. And mm-hmm. especially in just discussions like that of like oh, that to me at that time at 17, I think anybody that I knew that aligned with me politically would have probably done the same thing. You know, that's just like what that's where we were at in the headspace yeah. of like we need to make sure that all these minorities know that we're fucking not hostile towards them. Dude. You know, <laughs> um, that's so wild to think about, because if you were 17, that puts me in my early 20s and. So I was out in the world and just doing my own thing over in fucking Long Island at that point. Long yeah, Island. A fucking Strong Island, baby. And there was, like, I didn't even, I never ran into any Bro, of that t- stuff. T- tell me out, racism 
does not exist out there. Dude, no. You don't see it. Like, I mean, there's... Everybody just lives together. Yeah, there like, is... I'm not walking by myself no. in certain areas, but that's how they want it, too. Exactly. So. But, like, there is pretty hardcore racism, but it's usually between, like, Italians, Irish, and, like, El Jewish Salvadorians people. and Mexicans. Well, that's a whole... Yeah, that's a whole this, thing there. I think we've lost the, the, the plot here a little bit. No, no. no? This no. Is, is this, to me, this, this is, is the point. It's... Yeah. It, it's this, just a very different thing out there. And this, so I never ran into it. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. It does seem different out here. Like, you have to feel like you tiptoe around here a bit more. It but, is. People are very... This is why it's all... This is why it all makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. People are extremely sensitive out here. Um, there was... Passive graphic capital of the world. When I went That's to it. the pumpkin patch, I was there with my cousin. My fucking cousin, right? Um, and she's half black. We're having this conversation about... Uh, McCleary, super tiny town, right? Oh, and yeah. she starts talking about it. She's like, well, this used to be a fucking sundown town and, or a sunset town and like all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, for sure. So I thought that she meant it's a place where old people move when yeah, they're tired. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. What, what, she, thought what did she, she mean? Meant. So what she meant is that it's a place where minorities used to not be able to go outside after nighttime because people would like lynch them and shit. Oh. It's like, well, Wait, first what? of all, I've never heard this term before. Like, I just, so I Unlikely. agreed with what she was saying. I assumed it meant like Precisely. everything closes after. After the sun goes but down. Then her, yeah, I thought it was like Johnny Rockets in Orlando. Her or larger <laughs> point is that, you know, she would never feel safe moving somewhere like that because she spent a weekend in, I think it was McClear that we were talking about, and she felt like people were staring at her. She knew people were staring at her because she's a minority and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, let me hold on for a second because we spent a weekend there in an Airbnb. And when we went to town, people looked at us because McCleary has nine people in it and they knew that we weren't <laughs> from there. It's not because you're black because no one cares there that you're black. I'd, well, I'm mm-hmm. willing to bet or the majority of the people don't care that you're black. It's that you aren't fucking from there and they can tell that. When you're not wearing Carhartt, when you're wearing your fucking Gucci clothes, you're obviously not from McCleary and everyone is going to look at you. Yeah. Well, that and they know everybody there and there's an outsider. There's a That's stranger that saying. they're That's not from saying. here. They know that you aren't from here. It's yeah. not that you're a but, minority. But also it's like you aren't from here. Where I live, there's not a lot of black people. Tons of Mexicans, tons of white people. Not there's a lot not of a ton people. of black people around here but in general. if I'm in mm-hmm. federal way and I see a black person, yeah. I don't think twice about it. When I'm in Allen or Shelton and I see a black person, I think, oh, look, a black person. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, whether that's racist or not, whatever, whatever anybody wants to say about that. It's like, Depends it just, what decade it is. It just seems like it's... <laughs> It's less common, so I see something that's not common, and my brain triggers and goes, "Yes, oh, I don't see that a lot out here. Not that oh, I have a problem with it, or you're, you're yeah. lucky it's daytime. Mm-hmm. Like it's like right. it's the same difference of noticing a Ferrari on yeah, the exactly. highway when you drive around exactly. here, right? Because so, you're not used to seeing Ferraris on the roads here. My exactly. point, every really now and again, being that the level of sensitivity has turned up so high yeah. that you can't even be noticed." without it being some type of racial fucking whatever. Like, it's it's about something else when... Well, I mean, yeah, it it could be racial or, like, you know, the gender-based or whatever it it is. Just something. It could be, but I think that we can... I I feel comfortable saying that the most likely thing that it is in a town like that, that's that small... For sure. It's because you don't live there, and people know that as soon as they see you. It's not because of the color that you are. It's not because they're judging you based on your appearance, like, like in a, in a, in a prejudiced way, you know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. might be like, look at this fucking city slicker, but not in the way that like, look at this fucking N word that's in my town now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't, here's think an outsider. We don't, we, you know, 
What and are I you doing here? I don't think that that's the reality of it. And I partially because of my own experience that when I went there to the same town that we were talking about, yep. we experienced the same thing because I'm obviously not oh, from yeah. there. Yeah. I'm, I'm evidently not from McCleary. So as we walked into the hardware store trying to find socks for Dax because there's only three fucking stores there. And <laughs> everyone is staring at us. Everyone is staring oh, yeah. at us, you know, because we're obviously not from there. Yeah. Really? Th- McCleary, you had that? I am... Almost certain that that's where it was. Yeah, well, it's in the middle of nowhere. There was we've we've got Airbnbs in a couple of real tiny fucking towns like that because we were talking to Sean about Montesano. I'm pretty sure we've stayed there. And too. they just know, yeah. Like, they you're, just know. you're not wearing the clothes they wear. They're all yeah. loggers or tree, you know. They're well, tree people. And yeah. Sean tree was saying in Montesano, there's five thousand people in the population there. It's if not a lot, dude. If there's you know, Kirk four, Cobain's from Montesano. He's actually not actually from. That's just from Aberdeen is where they say that he's or, from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aberdeen. Yeah. That's just where he lived or whatever. I feel like I was lied to my whole life. Probably. <laughs> I think most of it works that way. It's a giant conspiracy, Brian. True. That's true. It's really what it is. But no, there's a lot to be said, I think, about... Um, I mean, you could... This applies to everything mental health... You know, in the mental health like capacity is when sensitivities are turned way the fuck up like that, it's extra stuff that's going on in your brain all the fucking time it whether people are judging you because they think you're judging them or they are judging you whatever it is just even if your sensitivity isn't turned up everybody else's is right and so getting into those situations there's a million and a half different ways that you can be in that situation and it's all gonna be it's all gonna have like a negative feedback loop in your mind unless you're really able to just really brush it off. If you're very, very healthy and just do not give a shit about it at all. Yeah. It, but it's, you could be the most mentally defiant person out there and still there might be something in your, in the back of your mind that lingers, you know, when somebody looks at you strange because you're from out of town or whatever, it's, it's not a comfortable thing. And that feeling lingers with you over time. What's crazy is like most, White people, I think white people and Asians are the are the highest percentage of suicides. Like whatever perceived racism people feel who are black, I don't think they commit suicide a lot, and I'm sure a lot of it's not even because of their perceived racism. Right. So more people probably have negative emotions going the other way, where like we were saying, like the beta guys who who want to feel like, oh, I'm on everybody's side, and I I support this and that where they're feeling like they're not getting their fulfillment from whatever they wanted to seek when they decided to go along with those those right those ideas those, those ideas and now they're in a situation where they have mental me- mental health issues yeah. where right the people who are perceived to be experiencing the racism well statistically they're not committing suicide at the rate that right the others are who mm-hmm. they'd be getting it from nor have they ever but i don't know yeah. yeah no i mean and that's it's it's partially uh what, what is it when you're when you're being joking but you know that you shouldn't be um facetiously Facetious. right um that like even during <laughs> i should never have said it, but it doesn't matter um <laughs> even during like slavery the vast majority of slaves weren't killing themselves like they weren't you know in a time which was the worst p- p- conceivably the worst time that anybody could have being oh, yeah. subjugated forever by somebody else they weren't killing themselves and I'm, that's not yeah 
this is why it was facetious because it's like a throwaway yeah, comment but for sure but that has held kind of forever like, yeah i didn't want to put it as bluntly as you no, did but yeah, no and yeah. i don't i don't care um yeah girl can call me charles Murray bill curve up in this bitch but um <laughs> no that's and historically that has just kind of helped like there's yeah. there's never been enormous dips from my understanding in mm-hmm. or in i guess spikes i should say in like the african-american suicide rate they're just they don't fucking do that they just don't yeah they yeah. just they just forge on they just continue to and it's almost like a joke at this point you see like memes about it yeah they just don't fucking do that you know yeah that's gotta be it's a white person thing that's to kill yourself that's a white person thing they're like we don't fucking do that they might kill themselves and uh this is whatever but like fucking doing drugs or something like overdose but they're not out there like acts like yeah purposely overdosing yeah yeah, intentionally taking their own lives Mm -hmm. it just isn't you know yeah and then every statistically they're not doing that shit. yeah statistically every demographic group does have you know ways of generalized lifestyle and yeah for whatever reason certain groups don't really fuck around with that like right. with suicide and stuff like that obviously there's going to be people who do but as like on a general level generally it's like white males are always at the top of the list well and even by like a percentage base not just because not on like a per capita thing because yeah. there's a shit ton of you know white dudes around but on a percentage base, it's generally the highest category. Can we go Barney style and talk about why we think people get to the point where that is an option they actually... I think that would be a great idea. So I was just... um, On the way there, I was just thinking about, like, the different reasons that these different demographics end up committing suicide. And, you know... For white people, it's fucking X, Y, and Z. There's a nine million different reasons. Depression, obviously, is fucking the core of it. Like, if you're killing yourself, it's because yeah. you've got... But but there's a, a, a ton of Asian people, like older Asian people that commit suicide. Like, yeah. that's a huge number where, among other demographics, not. You know, oh, yeah. there aren't... This year, actually, there was... Older a, as a, in, like, elderly Elderly people, okay. yeah. This year, actually... They do it a lot for a, shame in the Asian precise, culture. Yeah, yeah. To, just to, like, fuck off almost. They're oh, like, yeah. we don't want to be... A burden on this society, on our family, on but our even whatever. the young, their young people, yep. are yes. a lot higher than. Yes, yeah. I mean Japan in particular. I mean, is incredibly high and has been for a very long time, and that probably goes deep into the roots of their actual day to day culture and yeah. that they've been living for thousands of years. A lot of honor and shame, yeah. that type of duality. I mean, thing they have the the there. suicide forest in Japan where people go out there to kill themselves, right? To die. I mean, it's yeah, a like thing that famous happened. YouTubers and stuff. Uh, yeah, that was. <laughs> And now he's a big boxing guy, which is hilarious. I don't know yeah. the difference between each brother, so me neither. I, yeah, I know one is one, and the other is I'm not I sure don't know. If, was the Forest guy the boxer now? I think, I think they're the same person. Are they? Okay, yeah. yeah. I and I'm not he's sure. grown I mean, a lot. Brothers, I think they're the same person. No, oh, <laughs> it's a conspiracy. That's no. likely. It's no. just a, a hologram. That's all that it is. Every time there's, you see them together, it's just a hologram. You never actually see the backside of one because they don't exist. Right. They're, they're two different people. Hey, you got to give side. him credit for the boxing, though. He's re- apparently really good. By all legit, accounts, he's legit. Almost yeah. A pro- yeah. He's a fucking professional boxer. Right. Right. Like, yeah. If Joe Rogan player, but... gives him a pass, then you're like, all right, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah that makes know. sense. I didn't know about that. That's cool. Yeah. Good for him. But I think that's a good avenue to go down is various reasons why, you know, like our... We'll speak specifically to our demographic that we are because yeah. I'm not going to pretend to understand anybody else's demographic, obviously. But, you know, there's a million and one reasons why people start to go down that road. And even without entering the, the realm of demographic, I mean, shit's really difficult nowadays in particular. There's more, there's more deadly drugs on the street 
than ever before. Ones that are mixed in with like regular recreational drugs too, that mm -hmm. people can accidentally overdose. But a lot of people just, you know, we the the what is that the the medical trajectory or whatever the pipeline that people get on when they hurt themselves and they get put on oxys or you know some kind of opioid like that mm -hmm. and then get addicted and then their prescriptions run out and then next thing you know they're it used to be looking for heroin and heroin was the big deal and then right. it turned all of a sudden fentanyl showed up and then everybody like people are dying What's left the and fucking right shit i could put in my body to get a high yeah right to to make the pain go away yeah and that and was it, something i wanted to talk about too was mm -hmm. pills and stuff well, totally yeah no and i think that that's um i had i used to do a ton of pills um when i was young when i was like in high school i did a ton of fucking pills um, I never fucked with pills bro never did a ton of them Terrifying. Never do it all, you know Terrifying. you ever get foil crazy uh, a couple of times yeah, yeah. Wow. um i had cousins what, who so did what that. is foil crazy for somebody to smoke pills um, oh yeah crush, so. up a, crush up a pill and smoke it off a of foil and that what was because i had a cousin that i was like you know just hanging out with them and like smoking weed with them and then i i was 15 or 16. Like Ooh. I was very young. Wow, your yeah. life could have been very different because 16. of that. Um, and only did it a handful of times because I didn't, I just didn't continue to hang out with them after that. Mm -hmm. I got in trouble not for that, but for doing something else and then like couldn't hang out with them for a while. And then by the time that I could hang out with her again, she was living somewhere else or something. I don't remember, but we couldn't fucking, yeah, I just was smoking weed with them and stuff like that. And then we were at their house one day and they were like, have you ever smoked pills before? And I was like, no. Um, and I got into doing every other drug because my other cousins did it. I smoked weed for the first time when I was 13 because all my other cousins did it. And so mm -hmm. it didn't seem like a bad thing, you know, and they were the ones that I did it with. And so it seemed normal. And then, and like my mom did it, my older family did it. It was very normalized, like to just oh, do wow. that. Consumption yeah. in general is very normalized. My dad is an yeah. alcoholic. Other people's dads in my family are alcoholics. My parents always like my mom didn't drink at home but like you know we went camping or whatever like she would get fucked up you know which yeah. is fine there's nothing wrong my with mom that. didn't drink much but when she did right all the way in precisely Ooh. so i just mean that like i i saw that so she did drink she was not an alcoholic she was never anything like that with with alcohol mm -hmm. um and then yeah hanging out with them i hadn't even like taken that many pills at that point um and they Fuck. just asked me like have, have you ever smoked pills and i was like no i've never done that and they were like well that's fucking do you want to try this they did not make me do it mm -hmm. they asked me if i wanted to and i just assumed you know um they're my cousins like it can't be that bad yeah, they're you not know, gonna try to fuck, fuck you up like they? literally one step from shooting heroin yeah in your arm, and oxys you know? just straight oxys like i just drop a yeah. pill on foil and then you just like you there you would tilt it at an angle i don't know we're not telling anyone how to do drugs this was the process that i learned how to do it you would like fucking tilt the foil at an angle and follow the pill with a lighter and it would just like melt down the foil and you would just turn it you fucking follow it with a straw you know Jesus. Suck up all yeah the, it's it's for real that's wild shit, dude. And I didn't. Well, I it's know. normalized like, at that point for you. I, I mean, you just you're just like around it. I knew. Yeah. I knew obviously that it was like a different level. Like I knew mm -hmm. about drugs. Yeah. I knew that there were hard drugs and there were whatever. So I knew that this was like this was different than smoking weed. I did not think okay. it was the same thing. But I just didn't consider like I could become immediately addicted to this. Yeah. You know, I never once any of the stuff I ever did 
I never once considered that. Yeah. That I could become immediately addicted to this. That's because that so does happen. Like for some people, if that's just your drug, you know, that could be your thing. There are some drugs that that's like how they are by design, you know, like meth and shit. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to hook you, crack. Yeah. It's supposed to get you the first time that you do it. There's some stuff that that's just a thing you're into. Mm -hmm. You know, if you fucking, if you really fuck with Xanax, the Bless first you. time you take a bar, you know, you're like, that was the greatest thing I've ever experienced. I need more of that. Oui. Um, so, uh, yeah, then when I got older, I took a ton of pills in high school. Wow. Um, my same deal. I, my cousins always took them. My mom had, like, a rolling prescription for, like, Flexerol and stuff. Um, and so it was just the the having pills was, like, kind of normalized. Just the mm -hmm. existence of them in my sphere was normalized, you know? Yeah, you grew and, up around it. It was what it is. And then I had other friends that were, you know, had certain uh, psychological issues that exaggerated them and, and grew them to the point that they could, um, you know, just kind of get as many prescriptions as they could. And so I knew one dude, Tony, who had legit seven, eight prescriptions at one time for Various shit. I mean, Klonopin, fucking like heavy, heavy antipsychotic medicines and shit that we were just popping like it was no one's business. Jesus. And it's kind of a miracle you, you survived. I'm, I'm a little blown away right now. Yeah. We've, Jordan and I have reflected many times because her and I used to take a fucking take a bunch like take a couple Viking and then drink we would do that all the time like so many times and it's yeah, the same deal I just that. never I knew that it was dangerous I knew that people could die that way I never once considered you just could die like it's just a thing that happens sometimes you have to you take just, a ton of Vicodin certainly to get, certainly to do that, but, but no the amount of times that we drank we combined pills and liquor we are a thousand crazy. percent I mean very very lucky that none of us ever OD'd on any level. You oh, know, yeah. we never seized. We never fucking. I think for the couple of us vomited a few times while you're drinking. So it's like, you know, same Did you ever get to the point where when you didn't have it, you were fucked up? No. Yeah. No. And see, that's not, kind of. Not the, with pills. It's it, miraculous that, for one, you're alive, but also that at one day you just walked away from it. Yeah. Like popping all the pills and shit like that. That's. Most people, I think, don't generally move past that or they have I to go through something hard. Please do. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'll start with my cousin first, actually. So she was in a car wreck, and uh, she broke her spine or something, but she was on Oxy for like six to eight months, right? <sighs> and uh, got super hard in the heroin, lost her kids, like destroyed her life. She ended up cleaning it up, getting her kids back, living good now, got remarried. Beautiful Happy story. Beautiful. But uh, when I was watching that, I was like watching it through Facebook, right? as weird as that sounds and then like mm -hmm. talking to her siblings and stuff um i was thinking to myself like why can't you just stop like i don't understand why you just don't stop like you mm -hmm. don't have to get high right like it's like you lost your kids man like why aren't you stopping yeah, just stop well i broke my leg skiing back in 2015 and i was i had two big bottles of of perks or oxy i cannot remember which one they were yeah one of the one of the one of the pills that they give out, like, they used to give out like candy. Mm -hmm. So I had that, and I had like three refills on it. Had that, nailed that one down, zipped through it, and I was at home drinking. I mean, I destroyed my leg. Both, yeah. It was serious. So I was in a lot of pain. Didn't even think twice. It was right? your femur, right? Uh, it was my tib and fib, so both the bones oh. from the knee down. And uh, yeah, they were gnar too. They were like, they were talking about taking my leg off, blah, 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 because <sighs> I had an inch shorter on that leg. What a mind gnarly. job. Yeah. But, uh, Got the refill, 
flew through that, started taking them more for fun and less because I was in pain, more because I've been doing this and I have nothing yes. to do because I wasn't going into work. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just drinking, playing Fallout. Yeah. And just, and just melting. Yeah. And just, um, at the time, my ex was also taking them with me and she was going through them too. So we started th- polishing off the bottles a bit quicker. And then I popped pop the army system the awareness saying hey like we're getting them too quick figure yeah what's going on here yeah. figure it out were you in the army at the time yeah okay yeah so the army did i got the cert you know when you pass madigan up at jblm you see the big hospital off on the military base that's where they did my surgery i was out overlooking jbl or uh the highway there but uh yeah i flagged their system and they were like we'll give you like 30 more but after that that's it and i was like Uh-oh. all right uh, I actually don't even want them because I was like, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like I need them. And were the you pretty aware days, of what you were doing at that point? Not as well as I was looking back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was aware like, oh, I can't keep doing this, but like, whatever, it's not a big deal. Like three days after I ran out, it was a big fucking deal. Yeah. Right. I was in pain. I was throwing up. I was shitting myself. Like, mm. I was taking five, 6,000 milligrams a day, which I don't think is a ton, but maybe I really don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what no. somebody yeah. who's hardcore addicted. Right. I guess that would be like over a hundred dollars worth of pills on the, on the market, on the black market. So yeah. I imagine people are, that's probably, well, that's why people are crushing them up and smoking them off foil because they're trying to get every little drop out of it. Well, yeah. and then you can, we fucking, you can smoke the trails afterwards too. Like when you've smoked the pill, you'll, you know, when you're fucking hard yeah. up for it, you'll go back and then like re hit the trails the foil so um, you end up like hunter biden coming through the carpet looking for yeah stuff. i must smoke my carpet weed. so let me <laughs> fucking think out loud with you for a second because you got my brain running about the pills and stuff right um because i don't think that we took like i'm gonna say most of the shit that we took especially in high school were like benzos or whatever you call it you know it was a lot of like psychotics and shit like that type mm. of stuff um and so retro yeah, dropping we, just because that's what that's just what they were getting, you know, it was just crazy shit that if you don't need it, it fucks you up, you know. Yeah. And even if you do need it, it just numbs you out. So it make it just gets you fucked up. Um and then we did take some pain pills like some Vicodins and stuff like that, but way less of it. And then when I s- kind of stopped taking pills was when I was taking Vivance, like Adderall. Um, so I was switching pills all the time too, like taking different pills. And so the, when I was, whatever you could get, well, and when I was taking Adderall, I was working at the call center. I'm like reflecting now thinking of all the different ways that I like justified taking these pills and not thinking about it because Mm -hmm. when I was taking Vivance, I was working at the call center and I was like, I didn't need it, but I was like, well, I'm working here and I'm going to take more calls if I'm on Adderall and I'm going to get the job done quicker and for the best. And Mm -hmm. I did do that. Like I did get very good at that job. And then. I tapered off of that because I knew that I was fucking with like 40, 50 milligrams a day. And I was like, I have to. Adderall is pretty serious. I've well, had it oh, once yeah. and I'm like, this and is. Vivance is like, is, is just. Is, what is Vivance? Vivance is like a super Adderall. Like Oof. I felt the hit from Vivance way more than I did from Adderall. Because I would, I would get, there was one friend that I had that I was buying her Vivance because she just didn't like taking it, you know, but was always filling, she was making money. So she was always filling the prescriptions. And then. She would like she was going to school, so sometimes she would need to take it. But then she would sell me her Adderall when she needed her Vivance, and so I would like take some Adderall. But I didn't feel it as much, you know. It did what it needed to do, but not like 
not like the fucking not like the Vivans, you know. Um, but and so I tapered off Vivans because I knew that I was fucking with a heavy and that I couldn't just quit. You know, yeah. I had been doing pills for long enough that I knew I couldn't just quit doing pills. To come down. But then the times after that that I've had prescriptions, like I remember being at Benick one time. I vividly remember this, and I was have, having stomach issues that they thought was a kidney stone at first and they gave me a fucking prescription of oxys for it and so i was i know it dude i know it and so what a crazy jump i know yeah and uh well this was on the process to finding out that it was stomach issues so this was like initially they thought that it was Is that uh, usual for them to be like oh you've you have kidney stones which i don't sucks i don't know they're just like i don't know a potentially Um, life-altering substance i don't know but they yeah, set me up with a fucking 30 rack, and I was like, this is what's up. I'm going to take these because this is awesome. And um, <laughs> like I'm free. Well, yeah, and I knew I was 21 or whatever at that point. Like, I was a little bit older. Um, but I also remember standing at Benick counting them because I was like, oh, if I take, uh, you know, three a day or whatever, then that's like three, four, five more days. Like, I remember having them in my hand and, like, doing that math of, like, this day, this day, this day, this day, and then I'm not going to have them anymore. Um, so I remember that, but not like then being in pain afterwards, but that uh, that proclivity still being there, you know, of fucking counting them to know when I'm not going to have these pills anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where normally if you don't have that, you're just either you don't take them or if you're going to ride that out, you just take them until you don't have them anymore. Then I didn't know it was going to be that hard to get off those things. How long did it do? How long did you essentially go through it? Like three to feel days. Just like three days of just, just the shit. It was maybe like a day and a half of just like, I'm in a lot of pain on every part of my body. Every shoulder hurts. Every elbow hurts. Anywhere you've ever felt pain in your life mm-hmm. now hurts. Oof. Um, and just my stomach's messed up. Couldn't eat, sweating. Just like I understand why somebody's like, well, I've called every family member I have. Nobody has anything. I know someone who can get me fucking heroin or whatever random bullshit you could buy on the street. I don't know. I never went that far, right? But I could totally see why and how that happens. And I used to, when I was talking about my cousin, I was just like, just stop doing it. Like, it's your fault. Like, this is your fault. Right. Right? Like, the accident wasn't your fault, but this is your fault. And that's like so many people I see on the street. I'm like, I hate that you're there for my own selfish reasons. I hate that you're there for you. And it's like, while, yeah, maybe taking something was your fault at some point, but it's like, I understand. It's super totally. hard to get off this shit. And, yeah. like, the physical pain was like, I would have done anything to fucking stop that. It's like, oh, yeah, I could take a pill and then not feel this way? Uh, yeah. Duh. It makes sense. And that's, I mean, addiction itself is, it's obviously on the spectrum. You know, I mean, hopelessly addicted to nicotine is not the same as hopelessly addicted to like an opioid or alcohol. or or alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I've dealt with that in my life and seen it go all the way multiple times with multiple members of my family. I'm not interested in any of that. And yet we still drink. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Because I'm not afraid I'm not afraid to go down that road because I have before and I was able to pull myself back when I needed to, so I trust myself to like if I'm going down that road, I feel like I could identify it. And if for some reason I fail, I think I have enough people around me in, in my support system immediately that are 
that would immediately identify that. When yeah. he's gotten to those times, he checks in with, I can only speak for myself, but mm -hmm. he will check in with me regularly to mm -hmm. be like, hey, I kind of feel like maybe I'm doing this, you know, like I might be drinking too much, it might be this. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is happening, you know, and to make sure that like... Give me a little check he, here. Yeah, Where am I know, at? Because he, because also because of his family history, he can be like... It's not a bad thing, but like sensitive to it, you know. He's mm -hmm. very aware yeah. of when he oh, starts yeah. to drink more. That. So, which is a good thing. Like it, it does you credit, you know, that you you consider it that it doesn't just happen, you know, that you yeah. at least notice it and start thinking about it and reflect on it. Because when you don't, obviously, that's when you want yeah. to fucking. And I mean, it's it's a, it's a difficult thing because you're always conscious of it. So you're kind of always in your own head. But you know, obviously, with the things that people get addicted to generally speaking you're having a generally good time when you're doing it and so it's easy to just yeah maybe this is yeah, this was fine this time or this was fine this time yes. and then next thing you know you might be able to identify that you have a problem and then can't get out of it if you're lucky you can identify that you have a problem with yeah. it i think a lot of times most people don't or they can and then they just resign themselves to be like well this is just what i do now right and that's that never goes real well, well. I think there's a big problem. A lot of people don't, in general, with drinking, don't set like limits. You yeah. know, they just they drink to the point where they like can't drink anymore, or they're throwing up or whatever. Yeah. It's only in only in the last maybe two years that I have started to set that limit to like I've been out at a party or whatever. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I've had a couple shots, I've had a couple beers. Like, I know that in an hour I'm gonna be super fucked up. Yeah. I'm gonna not drink anymore right now. I'm going to wait a little bit, have some water, and then maybe I'll fucking revisit the alcohol, you know what I'm saying, in two hours. Yeah. Um, and that's to each their own. Like, that's not, and I'm not telling There's anybody. There's definitely ways to skin that cat, Yeah, man. I'm not yeah. telling anybody this is how you should drink, but I think there are a ton of people that don't do any limiting or metering or anything at oh, all. Yeah. It's just, you know, fucking balls to the wall all the time, oh, which yeah. can be very dangerous. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a period where Lil Broski was going through a situation that wasn't so great, and... I mean, he reflects on it now all the time where, like, he'd go out to the bars and he would <laughs> consistently and regularly black out to the point right. he had no concept of how he fucking got home because his car's there. Right. And or what happened for, like, six hours of his life at that point. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And one day he finally woke up and identified that and he's never gone down that road again, which is pretty interesting, I think. To be able to be able to pull the e-brake like that when you needed to, and yeah, and not go down that road again, because because it's not like it, it's not easy to do. Well, and you got guys too who never ever drink, and then they get peer pressured into it in one night out after work, and five hours later they're in jail because they were in a DUI crash. Yeah, and fucking, mm -hmm. you know. Yep, I've yeah I've known it's like alcohol is just playing with a loaded gun. Period. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It's with. Most other enjoyable chemicals, they're all like that, really. Yeah, alcohol's weed tough, is though. like maybe not. But I think I think this it could be if you it, go crazy. Yeah. Well, that and it depends on. You can be smoking weed, and getting high all the time, for bad reasons. Yeah. That'll make you. I think addiction is the wrong word. It's a different thing. Like you might be you you'll form a habit of doing it, or you might you know. Be, mentally become addicted to it because you just want that that feeling of always being high or always being stoned because life fucking sucks or whatever but it's not necessarily a full-on chemical dependency like a yeah. lot of real addiction is the other i don't want to use the term real addiction but 
other addictions. But also, you know, it's on that spectrum you were talking about. Yeah, it's it's on the spectrum, but yeah, you could also function while being high. Yes, M- yeah. mostly, mostly, uh, certainly, you yeah. can. Yeah, uh, and everybody's got different tolerance right. levels yeah. that exactly. change over yeah, time and all, all that. There's going to be you it's know a very different chemical right though. there's going to be certainly a slight delay you know in some instances just in your reaction time and shit like that just because yeah. you're high that's just your brain and i would say for most altered, for most but... healthy people there are people on that road that are way way worse driving shape oh, and sure. they're sober as can be <laughs> yeah for yeah. sure that's for very sure. true yeah no i can i smoke a ton of cannabis um mm-hmm. i conduct a large amount of my <laughs> daily business while you know maintaining some level of THC involvement Um, yeah i don't you know and i think about it sometimes Mm -hmm. it's probably not great there's way other places that money can go we don't spend an excessive amount of money on it Um, weed's exceedingly cheap these days which is nice especially if you don't smoke too too much but i'm definitely habituated i've been smoking weed for so joint yeah, I'll oh, open up this. I know I'm good. You're good. I'm good. Yeah, that's fine. If, if I don't you're think I have a lighter in here, I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. I can go find a lighter. If I don't you have want. a lighter. I'm I'm fine. All you right. can. Well, I'll definitely smoke there. a joint with you afterwards. If you want to keep hitting this, I'll get smoke a joint with you afterwards. Mm, I don't know if I want to rip one right before I drive. While I'm <laughs> Do you want me to go and get a but, lighter? I'm indifferent. I'm not going to make you stop the show for, <laughs> for for a lighter. I think we're good. Uh, okay. Um, Sorry to derail. No, that's fine. No, you're okay. Actually, I was going to pivot when we were kind of winding down with us because um, I wanted to ask you about your, unless anybody else had anything to, to talk about with addiction and chemicals and so on and so no, forth. nothing other than, that's a huge problem of uh, it's a big one. mental health is addiction. It's, yeah. Probably the leading court co- cause for people my age, I'd, I'd assume. I don't know. Yeah, and I think that it's worth analysis more often than people do you know all of my um, friends who are struggling in other parts of their life are also struggling with addiction some form of addiction yeah, yeah. i've noticed i think oh the alcohol um mm. the, like socially the social acceptability of it you know makes it a, an easier avenue almost oh, you know there's so much yeah. less judgment around it it's so normal to like hang out at the bar to be a regular to fucking mm-hmm. whatever you know like all this stuff well um, then and it's a very social chemical as well i mean right. it's, a, it's a social drug because you're you're there with your friends and you're having a good time and everybody's drinking and you know it's that's why like bars are bars i mean that's kind of what they're there for it, right. there's a social element of being around people and stuff all doing the same thing until accepted in that establishment we're drinking right now exactly yeah but i mean like i'm a regular at a brewery it's right. it's a very fun thing to do i have a lot of good friends that i've made there that we spend lots of time out in the world i mean they just did a big shooting day and stuff like that a big right. group of them we've got you know we go out and do all sorts of little activities and we're all really close friends at this point we text each other all the time it's it's a cool deal but if you only have bar friends and you only see them at the bar and the only thing you guys do is drink that can it can but it's not necessarily is it could be a problem at that point because then that's the only place you're doing especially if you're getting shithoused every single day that you're at the bar exactly because you can go to the bar and have i don't know how people could afford to do that it's 
Well, especially getting fucked up. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, getting fucked up. Is yeah. What I mean. yeah, that's the big Having one. Having a couple yeah. beers every day is whatever. Well, and if yeah. you're going to a bar to get fucked up, you're drinking... You Shouldn't know, be doing that. <laughs> well, you're drinking well bourbon or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the the well is, the cheapest fucking liquor, you know? So you're talking about whatever, like $8 double shots, you know? And that's just... You're just drinking that. You probably are in with some of the bartenders, so you get some type mm-hmm. of discount because you're spending... You're getting a hookup. $80 there every fucking day, you know? So they're like, oh, we'll yeah. take 10% off off of it because he's yeah. here every day anyway yeah i um, worked with a guy which still makes it crazy expensive because you're still talking about fucking yeah. 70 dollars a day or whatever oh, yeah. 50 dollars a day but that lends to what you're talking about of people who are in that level of addiction struggling in other parts of their life it's because so much of your life mm-hmm. goes to this one thing that is destructive to all the other parts of your life yeah, yeah. and that's i think kind of i don't know thinking off the cuff like that's a, one of kind of the deciding factors of Addiction, maybe, you know, is whether it's negatively impacting other parts of your life, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the physical or chemical dependency on it, you know, even mm-hmm. if it's something you could stop doing right now. Like, if yeah. you're doing it all the time by choice and it's fucking with other parts of your life and you're still doing it, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably kind of addicted to this thing, yes. even if it's not going to, you know, make you scratch your skin when you yeah. stop doing it, you know? And, and even things like, like uh, hardcore gym people. They can become addicted to the gym lifestyle, right? And you don't think of a lot of negative implications with that. But let's just say you, if you're spending all day at the gym and you've got friends there and all that, it's a generally healthy thing to do. You're getting healthier physically and all this stuff. But, you know, that will, I mean, that becomes your life. And so whatever your life was before that, if that aspect of your life isn't involved in your new gym lifestyle or whatever it is, you're going to be neglecting that yeah. and that right there, that's another sign of addiction there. Your, your other aspects of your life are being negatively impacted by something that you're doing all the fucking time. Even if it's not a chemically destructive thing, you might be. And I'm sure it's to the point that is too. Oh yeah. There, you know, for sure. Those fr- like absolute freak show bodybuilders. Yeah. I oh, guarantee yeah. you some of those dudes, it might as well be alcohol because they spend all day doing this thing. All their money's going to chicken and protein, and right. you mm-hmm. know, and, and they can't move as well. Their bodies break down super fast. Yep. Well, especially if you start like a oh, this is a mm, unexaggerated example, but I still think good one like Liver King, right? When they, he was exposed oh. for you know who I'm talking about, yeah. I've, when he was I exposed just... for doing all the tests and stuff like that, he was talking about he's spending like eleven thousand dollars a month on fucking testosterone to be yoked up like that, yeah. you know. And even that's insane. Oh, it yeah. is insane, you know. And I don't know what he does in his regular life or whatever how he's making that money, but regardless, you're spending eleven thousand dollars a month to look a certain way because. You because you're addicted to looking that way because yep. you are fucked up in your and he said and that in his in all case the it's making him money though certainly but it's like yeah but still, you're fucked up in the head and that's not a, yeah. like a denigrative thing but you're not making him any healthier no oh no no if you see him right now the current he looks terrible him, he's I think he's his body shutting down I he think looks it's terrible it's real real scary yeah but I mean even that let's say one day let's that is. You're making money by spending all this money on PEDs and testosterone and shit to look the way you are, to that, that feeds in the cycle of making you more money. And then one day, it is going to stop. And now you're hopeless. You have, you're living a lifestyle where you're spending $11,000 on fucking drugs every day to look a certain way. And now you can't afford your lifestyle anymore. And you're going to have to go. The withdrawals alone will fucking kill you because right. you can't afford that lifestyle anymore. 
game over. That That's a dangerous like rope to walk. And with someone like that, it might drive them to kill themselves because of how bad they're going to start to look when they're not able to keep up that fucking cycle. Yep. You know, um, you're going to start losing muscle mass and stuff immediately. And if you're enormous like that, you're going to have loose skin and shit when you're done. Just like if you were huge yep. and then lost a bunch of weight, you know, oh, yeah. that's that will fuck with you if that's the type of person mm-hmm. that you are. Yep. Like, that'd be bad. It'd, it'd be, be real, real bad. Yeah, it'd be real bad. The yeah. amount of depression you're going to suffer after that is going to go down Though that a is, dark road, probably. Right. Because there isn't the level of achievement there like if you lose 400 pounds, you know? Fucking someone who does that is not... Generally, there I've seen, of, seen many accounts of people who've lost on weight, and they're generally not ashamed of... The extra skin they have, like they obviously wish that it wasn't there. But, yeah, but, but it's more like not, a badge of what. Yeah, was, it is like yeah. I've just lost four hundred pounds. I don't. This is what it looks yeah. like when you've lost four hundred pounds. You know, um, but if yeah, if you are just cycled up and then you lose seventy five pounds because you can't be tested up anymore, there isn't a badge of honor or happiness that goes on there. It's just destruction to the ego that you falsely yeah. built over however long. You yeah. know, though those are fathoms more infrequent than certainly you know, yeah. alcoholics and drug certainly. addicts but yeah but it could be anything it could be it could be collecting funko pops and yeah you know any dude collectors that's a yeah, yeah. it can be a wild one too yeah. yes with all and there's all sorts of them but it's whatever that dopamine release is for whatever your addiction is yeah. right like you're gonna chase that that high buying buying shit yep. doing drugs yep spending hours on fucking ebay reps. looking for those uh those rare funko pops or whatever <laughs> i mean that's that's fucking real man like they make shows about that shit always. oh yeah for sure like the people base uh, their whole lives off of it yeah, and they do retro well. toy collectors and like some weird you know weird for me i guess i don't know it's not my lifestyle well but. the show that i listened to tell him steve dave sunday oh, yeah. jeff that's like how he got his job there was that he was buying an inordinate amount of shit fucking uh toys like action figures and busts like statues and stuff and mm-hmm. um walt tricked him or got him into this cycle of returning things that walt had going on for like you know for a profit it was a whole deal tricking to skew numbers and stuff to like make money off of these returning the wrong items to make money off of these returns and stuff oh. so he got sunday jeff to this stuff and then got him a job there so he could get a discount on the items he was buying and he's spending hundreds of dollars a month on toys on action figure stuff on literally like star wars busts like stuff like that and they've talked about it a ton of times that he spent probably twenty thousand dollars over the is last this a real person or a real person okay. this sunday jeff pull him up that's sunday jeff he he was the one addicted to buying all this stuff yes. yeah yeah show show the camera here it's a throwback to the old studio sunday jeff yeah used to hang up in the old studio yes all right yeah unfamiliar um, it's a pretty niche market. We'll say it's a yeah. <laughs> Tell him Steve Davis beyond niche. It's like yeah. a whole. You know who Kevin Smith is like Jay and Silent Bob and Clerks. These yes. movies, right? So these the people who do this podcast. Tell him Steve Dave are best friends of Kevin Smith, childhood best friends of his, and had mm-hmm. minor roles in these movies, um, and started this podcast over a decade ago. Um, yeah, and it's maintained. An insane, an insanely devoted following of not that many people. Yeah, interesting. And, yeah, but they rock and roll. They fucking they run the uh, Kevin Smith has a uh, comic book shop in Jersey. Yeah, in Red Red Bank Red Bank Jersey. I went down there one day when I was uh, visiting um, Jersey and drove down there and went to the thing and got some stuff and brought it back for Donovan and Jordan and stuff like that. But they those dudes that run that show 
run the fucking comic book store f- for Kevin Smith, essentially. There was a show on AMC called Comic Book Men for a few years that played, like, after The Walking Dead, and it was based in this comic book store. All these people were characters. These dudes on this poster, those are the three guys that host Tell Steve Dave. I have mm. a ridiculous amount of this stuff because I'm one of these people. <laughs> you guys love them, huh? These are all... I well, love them. Donovan loves this them. This is totally a Donovan thing. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Um, I fucked with them a little bit here and there, Steve but... Dave things. This is Walt. This is the guy who used to run the comic That Sunday, Jeff. Um, they host a Kiss podcast. I'm on their Patreon. It's a whole deal. I'm getting gifts. <laughs> He's deep in it, dude. Yeah, I get gifts every every quarter. It's a it's a whole deal. Oh yeah, you're a you're a groupie, huh? Oh, I'm a dude. Very nice. Four, four color demons for life. He yeah. is crazy, Hope. and I've never heard of any of them except for the reference to. In Wayne my life, yep. I've only met one other person who was into Tom Steve Dave. One who, when I met him, he knew what it was. That dude is now dead. So on levels of addiction, Donovan is definitely addicted t- to uh, tell him Steve Dave. Well, has it affected his life negatively? Is that the... No, actually. That's the is barrier that, the, that I set for it. I don't a litmus know. test for addiction? I don't know. That's what, what, is I, the litmus that's test? what I set for it. I, think, I don't know. I think that might be, a, you know, it's a good working litmus test, I think. Is Are you big? plugged into the internet? Yes. Will you Google that? Or see if what, I don't know. I don't even know how to Google that. What is addiction? What is addiction? What is, like, yeah. Yeah, we'll just we'll keep it real basic. What is addiction? How do I know if I'm addicted? I know. Addiction, the... This is addition. So <sighs> Man. Just give me the keyboard. We should have two keyboards. You Colin drive. Can, Colin can do all the producing. Yeah, addiction, the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. Word. Yeah, we understand that. What is yeah. the definition of addiction? That's the same thing. Yeah. Can addiction be a good thing? I guess uh, addiction is defined as a, a chronic relapsing disorder characterized by compulsive, compulsive drug-seeking drug and use um, despite adverse consequences. So there it is. Despite so, adverse yeah. consequences. But that's like, yeah, Thank and that's you, focusing just on like a... Uh, a chemical. But I think that that could be broadly applied to whatever yeah. we're talking about because that's kind of what we said, that if it's negatively, if Affecting you're seeing your adverse life. consequences yep. because of it, and especially if you're compulsively seeking it, you know, yeah. because there's tons of, do you want a beer? Okay. Um, <laughs> there's tons of, we have a guest in studio. Um, there's tons of other shit that you could compulsively seek that is mm-hmm. not a drug yeah you know? that's, yeah that's why i don't like that whole concept of it having to be some form of drug because i think that's did it say that that was a drug i'm sorry I, what, I got more hung what, up on despite negative consequences that's yeah. what the last that line particular was. Just because you were right that's all yeah. you were right it's cool i think that's oh, perfect I, that was not supposed to be a thing my own heart thing. <laughs> no. that was just that's what that particular i was, I'm see- I was seeking that part of that sentence that's yeah. why i where is it where is it but yeah they 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 stressed in those definitions about like a chemical addiction. Yeah, but. I think that's just generally when people are addicted to something, that's what we think of as mm-hmm. a type of chemical. Yeah. You know, I don't think people consider broadly people consider like behavioral addictions as addictions. Behavioral you know? addictions. By that I mean not drug addictions to like other collecting shit. Fungo yeah. pops. Collecting things, fucking pornography. There's like any number. Like that's probably yeah, a huge one. You know, yeah. that um, is a you know. Well, South Park did a really good episode sure on that. You guys watch the. This is a while back. This is relatively, mod, relatively like we'll say middle life um, South Park, but like Randy. Um, do you watch South Park? You know characters uh, and stuff. I've yes, I know who the characters okay. are. So I've, it's Stan's school, dad. So last time I've actually like watched an episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stan's dad, Randy, um, decided that he was an alcoholic, even though 
he wasn't and then went through this whole thing about addiction and um, it was a disease and you know he Ooh, you know right. he was dying because he's he's got a disease and he has to seek a higher power and he's like fucking around with like 12 step stuff but yeah. not really actually doing it and it just there was that big distinction between 12 steps is the AA indeed it yeah. is the AA um, but yeah it was the whole concept of like it being a disease versus something that you can actually have power over yourself and and control and and pull back from and stuff like that but it was a great episode about just that whole concept of being being an addict is a disease that you cannot cure without exterior help i know and i think that that's very interesting because there's definitely a i don't know if split is the right word because i don't know what the numbers are you know but there are a number of people who believe that you can completely defeat, you know, addiction and stuff like that. And there are other people who believe that there is, you know, genetic uh, predispositions and stuff like that, mm -hmm. that when you're exposed to this thing, you're going to have a harder time than somebody else not doing this thing or yeah. uh, whatever. And I don't... I bet some of that is so much placebo too. Like and I'm sure My that... dad was an alcoholic, so that means if I get into it, I'm going to be an alcoholic. Yeah. No. They may not have that gene. I wonder if what's what the reality of that is. And I don't. Yeah, I can only speak from my own personal experience, obviously. So, because I, I don't know what anybody else's like thought process while they're drinking. And I, I remember especially when I was younger and drinking hard alcohol all the time. Um, that after I'd had like two drinks, it was really hard for me to stop drinking. Mm -hmm. um, I had to really kind of like leave the establishment and do that type of stuff. And I don't know if that's just how it is, or I personally had chalked it up to, to a predisposition. My, my dad is a horrific alcoholic, horrible, horrible alcoholic. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's personally what I drew it up to at that point. And I, oh, I took it upon myself that it's my responsibility to handle that and to not yeah. drink to excess. And to, you know, if I do, if I do have five drinks, that's, I chose to do that yeah. um, because I am aware of what is going on and I need to be cognizant of that. Mm -hmm. But but I don't, like I said, I don't know what anybody else's experience is. So I don't know if, if everybody Mine's has trouble similar. drinking after two drinks or if that's, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Um, My I dad was an alcoholic. To... It killed him. Yeah. He, he, he died because he was crossing the street to go from one bar that closed to the other. He got hit by a car late at night. Um, mm. And I've struggled with drinking my whole adult life 15 right. or so right i right. started drinking and i'm the if i open whatever it is it's getting drank that night yeah, yeah. so i don't drink liquor right because of that like beers i'll just get full and i'll be done yeah and that's the only thing i'll drink that's the nice thing about beers is that it does fill you up there's like an automatic cutoff yeah although i mean but i can't I've... drink them fast enough to get like i can whiskey or, yeah. or vodka yeah I'm a big tequila man myself these days. I like a nice glass of tequila with that a couple cubes me. of ice in it. No, and I think that that's... I almost exclusively drink beer now. Yeah. I don't hardly ever drink liquor. You know, yeah. there We did a little bit on the show, just as like a yeah. thing, which was whatever. But if I go to a party or one of my friend's house, I'll drink liquor, and yeah. that's, I'll get fucked up there. But if I go to a family event or something and I drink beer, even if I have mm -hmm. fucking seven beers, like I'm not as fucked up as, oh, you yeah. know, as I'm going to go to like somewhere else. Like it just isn't. Yeah. Uh, it's like if I'm going to go like on Thanksgiving, for example, right? I had a couple beers when I was there. While I'm cooking and doing all that stuff, I was at my brother's house, and I had one little glass of tequila. But if I drink hard alcohol now, unless I'm – I usually don't. 
very much. It's like a nice treat when I have one, like a nice glass of scotch or a nice glass of bourbon. And then I, I have one because that's all I'm going to do. Otherwise, it's going to – I'll have two and then next thing you know, I it's want like I'm not going to fuck around with that. that. I'd love to be able to have like bottles up of nice shit mm -hmm. and be like, oh, hey, right before bed, I'm going to have this little nightcap mm -hmm. and just – but I don't know if I can handle that. And, well, two, I don't like the taste of liquor, period. Oh, like, yeah. Like that burn – yeah. turns me off so hard sometimes i'll get a nine percent beer and i'll get a little bit of that and i'll be like it's oh too, i hate that too taste strong sometimes so much I, don't know how, flavor, like, yeah. mm -hmm. I will never enjoy sitting there and drinking you know with a little ice cube in a, in a glass oh, yeah. but i want to you know i'd like that i think that'd be cool mm. as stupid as that sounds but it's true well, right here's another thing that we haven't talked about really but the people that become alcoholics we'll just use that as an example because it also works with other drugs and stuff like that once they let's say they go to rehab or something like that and get clean they'll go through some whatever the detox process is and then they will you know i'm a recovering alcoholic it's a thing they adopt as their whole lifestyle because they they either know or they assume that if they have one drink ever again they're going to end up right back on that road and i wonder I wonder if that's a very, if that's a, I don't want to say real thing, because it's obviously real for some people, or if it's more of like just a safety mechanism to know that you'll never go back to that place again. Because I, I, I do wonder. It's a method of accountability to them where right. they're at a place where it's like, okay, you're my good friend. You know I'm an alcoholic. I'm. We're going to go to Applebee's, right? Well, I'm going to say to myself right before I get there, hey, I don't drink, right? Just so, hey, I'm reminding you. Mm -hmm. So to them, it's a method of accountability uh, for, for other people outwardly, but then for himself, because they don't have to say that, you know. Mm -hmm. But they do say that moniker out loud quite often if you've met anybody who's been in really yeah. any sort of program like that. Yeah, it's a very, very common thing to hear. Yeah. I, I met a guy who's my, my ex-wife's dad. He was an alcoholic, went through the AA, got became big in the LDS church. Um, he was it's Mormons, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. Church of Latter-day Saints is what it means. Um, he had two brothers who were both alcoholics. One just recently passed the other still struggling with it, but he was a health nut, um, ran marathons and everything Re like recovered from his alcoholism. He got from the army, became his health nut. Well, he had a stroke and it, to him, like he had this. I spent my life like fighting my alcoholism and being in this tip top shape. And I had a stroke and it's like, he sees his brothers who are both 300 plus pounds, short guys, like yeah. not doing the right thing. And they're, mm. you know, now they're, and the stroke fucked him up. He's lucky he's not dead, but you know, um, and he got right back in the drinking and right back in the heavily drinking. Oof. And it's like, damn, it's like, that was real. Yeah. Like he just, and it was just like, the, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck anymore kind of mm -hmm. attitude, which I'm yeah. sure yeah. was more to do with it than, yeah. you know, I think that I think that makes a ton of sense in the experience that I've had, not with my own addiction, but with the experience, like with other people, uh, with my sister, right? This, cause this is where I'm citing all this from. I think there's definitely a desire factor. You have to want to be clean. And, mm -hmm. um, to me, some of the people who are talking about like recovering alcohol, I can't have one drink that's you have to want to be clean and i i'm not questioning yeah. anybody i'm not whatever that's because in your core you still want to drink and whether that's because of a genetic predisposition or whatever or whatever mm -hmm. right you still want to drink yeah. and you can't 
be clean and move forward with a clean life unless that's what you want. You yeah. know, my sister has been doing heroin and methamphetamines for seven years now, something like that. She's wow. been to rehab a ton of times. She has five children now by three, four different men, you know. You can't you cannot force somebody to be clean. There's no level of anything that will force anybody to get clean if they don't want to be clean. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's rehab, a child that they have taken away from them by the state, having a parent have part have uh, custody of one of their children. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. If you don't want to be clean, no one is going to fucking make you be clean. Yeah. And you'll lose your, you know, you'll get for or um, evicted from your apartment or whatever it is, you, you know, close yes. you lose your house, whatever it is and then because again, you don't want to be clean. The at people, that point. everything else yes. is less important in your life than doing that thing. And so, some of those people, to me, because I can't speak for everybody, right? But some of those people who talk about like I can't have one drink or I will fall off the deep end, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, you don't want to be clean. You don't want to not drink, and you do to the extent that you aren't drinking. Like you, you are willing to because you're not drinking. You mm -hmm. are moving forward with this clean life, but you still want to in your core because yeah. if you do have that one drink, you're going to pop off. But oh, I think that's saying? the whole point. Certainly, you know. Certainly, like they didn't want to have that addiction ever. Yeah. Like I want to be able to drink beer. I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I enjoy the taste. I enjoy doing things like this and being able to have a beer and loosen up a little bit. Yep. <clears throat> I don't enjoy being hungover. No. Nope. Right? I don't enjoy blacking out. I don't do that anywhere near as frequently as I used to. Yeah. Like now I'm very good at limiting myself, right? Like mm -hmm. have two or three beers. Right. Yep. Or, you know, put these guys have six or seven beers because they're whatever. But you know what I mean? It's eight hours, you know. <laughs> when we're doing the regular show, it's a long day. There's lots of beers to be had. But um, I interesting. I started this thing a couple of years ago where I've I take like. It's like a spin-off of Sober October. Like I take generally a month now over the last couple of years where I just choose not to drink at all. Yeah. Because it's I mean, it's probably that, that kind of voice in the back of my mind that's always, you know, wanting me to check in with it's my friends and stuff like that. And it's like yeah. I need to prove to myself that I'm still able to do this. Yeah. And it's it's generally a really nice thing because like without because I primarily just drink beer at this point and you you lose weight, which is really awesome because you're just not getting all those extra calories and, you know, getting all that extra carbs and shit like that you get from beer. And it's a nice reminder and, and check. But, you know, we go out to the last time I did, I really fucked up because I did it the very worst month. Did, did it during my birthday month. So, like, that was that was not great. We went out to I was doing the beer show We're at that point. And... Yeah, I was doing yeah. the beer show at that point. So, like, had, I was drinking non-alcoholic beers, which just suck they do not if you like beer non-alcoholic beers are not good it's just really really yeah. bad I, I, we've had this discussion on oh yeah the yeah first time yeah was, yeah for sure that's right i don't want to be rehashing old stuff but yeah we go to me and you go to port townsend and we we're gonna go hit the bookstore and shit like that and had uh right. food at that what was the name of the place i the forget old but, whiskey yeah. cider house or whatever yeah and i'm like going in there and all i want to do is just have like a beer it's like a good establishment or they have tons of different yeah, whiskeys like, and I bourbons like there. hit and me up like, next time you guys go up there for Absolutely. sure and yeah i was just it's like this sucks man like i do want to have a drink right now but i'm in the middle of this thing so i'm not going to do it it's not great and nicotine is all i've been i used to smoke a lot of cigarettes right um oh. Shout out to the the military. That's a great way to get into uh, time. yeah nicotine and alcohol. That's that's what they do. 
But, uh, you know, started smoking cigarettes when I was in high school. And then ever since then, it was just a thing. And um, eventually got off the cigarettes, which was really, really nice because cigarettes are fucking nasty. And expensive. Oh, yeah. Super expensive. Super expensive. They, they weren't back in my day. But Those they, aren't but as they, expensive as cigarettes, right? No. no. Yeah, I don't think they last way longer. I was too. literally I just thinking about this yesterday, actually. Yeah. I don't know why the fuck I was doing it, but um, <laughs> yeah, because like a pack of cigarettes is like, you know, between eight and ten dollars. Yeah, decent um, shit's like eleven bucks. Yeah. And Dude, so, New York City, last oh time God, I was there, like it was 18, twenty bucks. 18, right. $20, yeah. And if yeah. you're smoking when I left, that's how it was. It's terrible. Even dude. if you're if you're smoking like two packs a week which is like that's a pretty moderate you know that's like four or five cigarettes that's a day pretty chill. like yeah. that's and i think that's about that's what a I smoker smoke, right? but like I, more yeah than, super yeah. chill right yeah. you're not crushing you're, a pack yeah, a day or anything yeah you're not buying cases usually at that right. point <laughs> you're talking about you know a hundred dollars a month for cigarettes yeah where like i buy one of these a month and it's like 22 dollars something like that yeah okay know? so it's significantly it's a, cheaper yeah, yeah a significant you could, of the price God, like, 11, what if you smoke a pack a day 11 bucks a day dude that's that's a lot i don't know how anybody when I smoked cigarettes, I had no bills. I had nothing to pay for. Oh, so yeah. I had excess money to go to cigarettes, and I still was like, I don't have any money. It's because I fucking bought cigarettes all the time. Yeah, when I smoked, yeah. I was in the Army, too, but it was like if I was in the field, I'd bring a pack. Just like it's a good perk. Mm -hmm. you, could, you know, especially if you don't smoke you very often. A little pick me up. Yep. Gets me out of the out of the cop or, you know, the little tent or whatever. Yep. Get but out, it was never breathing. like I. The most I'd smoke is like four in a day because right. I'd know if I did it the next oh, day. Yeah. I smoke a cigarette now after like I'll go play around the golf with my buddy and I'll smoke a cigarette. And mm -hmm. Yeah, and then so we've talked about this so many times that that's Dude. like what's driven me out of it. Because after I quit, I would still smoke Bad. a little bit, like when I was drinking. If I was drinking yeah. heavy, I would still hit a couple. Hit Social a, smoker. Yeah, but then I would wake up the next day and the taste and the smell on my oh, hands dude. and everything. I could I just smoke couldn't. three of these in a night and not it's feel that nothing. way. It's like why can't yeah. they just put good tobacco inside of these things? You can't. You go. fucking hit a cigarette without tasting it the next day. Yeah, dude. And I've, it's horrific. There's yeah. nothing I ever yep. enjoyed I don't about. Get it. Uh -uh. Yeah, there was a there was a day like a, I don't know, a couple months ago. I was a smoking jacket guy at my house. I had a jacket that I would wear outside when yep. I was at work. I had lotion in my locker. I would go in and wash my hands and then put on lotion. I couldn't stand smelling like it. Oh, I, yeah. I hated it. I hate everything about yeah. that other than smoking. Like I love, I still, I love smoking oh, a yeah. cigarette. Every, the action, every other yeah. part of it, I fucking hate. But yeah. the point I was trying to get at, sorry, that's all right. No, I, I let us here. Was even, and I did. I have quit nicotine for multiple months before, even sometimes, you know, up to a year. But I've never once, never wanted to get back together with Sweet Lady Nicotine. She is, she's a harsh mistress, but man, you have a lot of good times together. And you're always remember them. Always remember them. Yeah, They're yeah. always in the back of your mind. There's like, nicotine's not too, too bad because after about 10 days, the nicotine's out of your system and then it's literally all just mental. But it, it fucking sits in the back of your mind forever. You could always, you always want to just, just give me one fucking hit of that cigarette or I, you know. st I still think about dipping. That's always been my preferred yep. method of I consumption. That yeah. Jordan hates it, though. I, I quit it's like when nasty. we first nasty, got. Dude. It is disgusting. So All I'm glad I don't. Now. But if I same. But if I was then sweet. If I was never with Jordan, I would still dip right now. I would be yep. fucking dipping on this Bro, show. You can't every time. No offense. You can't stick any more shit in those lips. They'll stick out too far. He's got them big. Uh, he's got them big lips. You got good genetics, bud. Gorilla lips. The beautiful hair. He's got I'm beautiful skin. I'm actually black. It's, I don't know if you know that, I, but... Actually, he's Mexican, you know. but... 
Which I is am. actually that true. Is yeah. <laughs> no, that's um, how he gets that calm salad level push brune. I would double stack sometimes too. I would chew, I did pouches because when I started chewing, I had braces in, oh, and yeah. so I would chew the pouches, pouches and I would double stack the pouches and mm. get fucked up. So it was oh yeah, I out there. dipped from high school till I had a tooth pulled in the army, <sighs> and I never wanted to dip again. It was the strangest thing. Just never, never we, had a craving. I was like, Ugh, that seems disgusting. We work with a guy who's dipping constantly constantly yep. dipping and he's gotten to a point a few times just in the time that i've known it more like he'll get sores on his bottom lip so he starts dipping on the top because he's like it just hurts on the bottom like so why don't you just stop stop dipping if oh i didn't lose the tip because open, of dip if you're getting open way. sores on your mouth because of dip yeah. maybe don't dip anymore yeah. Yeah. like that may be the good point you know because that's when your fucking jaw starts to fall off is when you're getting open sores in your mouth yeah, it shouldn't be and doing you're that. still dipping up top oh my god just yeah, my uncle in. went through that shit. I mean, he was, that was rough business, man. He was the hardcore alcoholic and just never stopped dipping. Always had a chew in, man. Big fucking fat one, too. And it was the same thing. He lost all of his teeth at one point, and he ended up, he was doing real good at the time with his contracted business, so he ended up getting fake teeth and shit put in. So that was good for him, but, like, had massive issues. And yeah, I think he quits. It's like people who smoke through a hole in their neck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they, they have all, they still smoke. Yeah. Like, I don't get how some stop, people dude. can smoke three packs a day their entire life, and then some people have to smoke through a tube. It's so much it's weird. time. And that's so much time smoking cigarettes. It's all, that's so it's all you do. It's so much time smoking cigarettes if you're oh, smoking yeah. three packs a day. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so much time smoking That's cigarettes. fucking dedication. Right it's got to take you close to 10 minutes to smoke a cigarette, if I remember correctly, you know? No, well, I think not, a lot of those... Not them. When you're doing that, no. You're, <laughs> you're just you're just constantly yeah, no, rolling around with one. Yeah, yeah, and then you're in your house, and you're just living your life always with a fucking cigarette. Right. You, I see dudes uh, at gas stations sometimes that won't realize they have a cigarette in their mouth and then they like kind of get out and they're punching away on the machine and go oh shit and they hey, look a little bit of water let me ash it in there so dude awesome. it's yeah dude i'm like that's that's a fucking level of addiction that you don't even realize that's hilarious it's it's wild shit it's wild shit i like the fact that because i know we're just recording this i'm gonna edit later i can just we can let Fucking silence linger sometimes. Like, what are we gonna do next? Sometimes the silence is good. Yeah. I mean, I think we've covered addiction pretty well. Yeah, I think that I think was we'll great. Agree that is. Uh, it's about an hour, already. A, a huge portion of uh, mental health is is addiction. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. I like the idea. Just for notes later. Um, Brian had some good stuff to talk about today, and. I think that would be a great way to kind of tailor the show around each guy. If they have anything in particular they want to talk about, do that. And then, you know, we could pull up stats and, and be a little bit more ready for certain things. That yeah. might be good to go as we go into the future. Just food for thought, maybe. Yeah. I'm going to cut that part out, obviously. <laughs> but it's going to be on the Patreon. I like how we started with this with a test run and we've just gone. This is it's this working is, fine. Yeah, I like the way this is working out. Yeah. Um, so let's pivot now a little bit off of can addiction. I, can I pivot to a latrine, perhaps? Certainly. Certainly.
<laughs> or the coffee's for, coffee for losers. Steak knives are for losers. Yeah. Steak knives. You don't know that one? No. no. But the, the two of you guys, we've already talked about this. It's Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah. Um, that coffee's for closers. Still never watched that movie. You really should. Um, it's a it's like a small real estate firm, and mm. someone. It's not the plot doesn't sound good. It's it's the characters. Pacino is in it, and fucking it's a whole deal. Um, it's very 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 much worth the. Um, because it's just four, five, six dudes yeah, interacting. I've never heard of it. In fucking like Tim Pool the other day said a, he pulled a fucking line from that. Alec Baldwin is in it, and yeah. He, yeah, gives this whole speech about like why they're there and this and this and this and coffees for closers and coffees fucking, for closers, dude. Yeah, first prize is uh, you know this Corvette. Second prize is fucking you quit your like you lose your job. Like, <laughs> yeah, just shit like that. Um, but that's that's a very good character movie. Glenn yeah, I'm a big Glenn movie Ross. guy. Yeah, uh, you've gathered. Dude, so after the show, before we leave, you got to talk to her about um, the man who shot Hitler and then Bigfoot. That's because solid. it just came up before we left the house today. It just started playing. I was like, yeah. I, I can't even tell you right now. This is actually a fucking amazing movie. I don't but. think there's a thing that we could say to you that's going to convince you that you should watch that movie. You just have to understand that. It is good, yep. and to make the decision to do it and trust the experience, because I looked at it a dozen times before I was like, "All right, I'll fucking watch it." And then I got to it and I was like, "This actually was pretty good." Yeah. Like the, it's very funny. The story is funny. You know, it's a, just a silly story, but the writing in it, there's a level of complexity there that the movie almost doesn't deserve. It's it's really kind of weird. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's really kind of weird. It's it's a, it's a good movie about. Uh, purpose in life it's a million percent worth it yeah so i brought this well, that here. If you want to smoke a joint? oh so, i'd love that if you guys are down is i absolutely down? Is she okay with being around it you're all right with being around we if if he smokes a joint okay cool cool, cool. so I, let's uh I did smoke a little bit of it on the way here Yes, so I have... Are you recording again? Yep. Okay. Um, so we were talking earlier about the reasons that people commit suicide, mm -hmm. right? And so I had a question here that was kind of... We'll kind of combine two things, right? Um, that was about our biggest stressors, like the things that causes us the most level of concern, obviously the most stress. Um, and as I was thinking about trying to find a way to ask that, it worked well into this, that I wanted to just kind of talk about... Um, feelings of like worthlessness worthlessness and not mm. being enough not measuring enough you mm -hmm. know um i'm <coughs> i'm sure you understand i'm extremely self-critical very 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 self-critical a little bit um, about everything the way that i conduct myself the way that i the type of fucking father i am the type of husband i am the way that we do the show everything, the way everything. your thought process um, is it's very very critical mm -hmm. and i find a lot of motivation in that on a day-to-day -day basis uh, i'll probably on a grander scale because day-to-day -day is it causes me it causes me a ton of stress because i'm constantly questioning whether or not i'm being a good enough father whether or not i'm being a good enough husband if i'm capitalizing enough on opportunities for the show if i'm doing a good enough job you know all of that stuff um that i I keep around because I find that worth in it, that it's driving me forward to always be better. But there's definitely a level of detriment there of I'm fucking with myself in the head that I'm constantly questioning if I'm enough. And mm -hmm. that's not like really a good thing. I question whether or not that's a good thing, I guess I should say. Are you ever on the side of today I didn't do enough or I 
knowingly made this decision that would make me a worse father. Like never, I could have done never this. knowingly. Um, it's always in reflection. It's never like I knew at the time that this was the wrong choice and I made it anyway. Mm. It's always it's like a twenty. I could have thing not. Done I could that. have, or I could have done this instead. Or um, yeah, it's never. I don't want to say never. I don't. I can't recall a time in which I am like you knew you shouldn't have done that and you did it anyway. There are time, definitely times in the immediate that as soon as I've done it, I'm like, you knew you shouldn't have done that. Or you know that that wasn't the right thing, mm -hmm. you know? But there's never, not a time I can think of that I've consciously chosen to make the wrong decision, specifically in the fatherhood role. Um, and... I only say fatherhood because, well, A, you mentioned it, but obviously I'm a father myself and, and I'm a part-time father, right? Well, full-time, I guess, if you want to, whatever. It's a split custody yeah. thing. Yeah, but whatever. I'm always, yeah. and that's the thing is I'm always making decisions based off of, I just want, I, when I die, I want my son to go, he was a good man to me. And I specifically say to him because I've not always been a good person. Right. But if I could always be the good person in his eyes. Right. Right and make the right decisions by him. I just want I just want to die, and he said he was a good man, and I loved him. Mm -hmm. and that's it. Every decision based off my life comes down to that's at the top of the tree. If there's you know one of those one of those trees that go out from the top, yeah. I always want to get to that point. Right? Did that, did that mindset only come in to play once you had a kid? Oh well, yeah, I mean from the parenting sense, yeah, of course. Like before that. I was still really young. I mean, I was 24 mm -hmm. when I had my son, 23 or 24. And it's like, I didn't really know much of what I wanted then. Like, I knew I wanted to have a family and, you know, live happily ever after and just work this job. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, life hasn't really proven to be that way now. But it's like, I still have my son and I'm still a son of a father who I didn't know. So it's like, he is the most... For, for me to feel successful in, in my own endeavors, it has to benefit him. Yeah. It's like, I could go be really successful. I could go fly, or I can go fly to Alaska and go work on airplanes for way more money than yeah. I make now. And live in a huge, gorgeous house up there making two, three hundred K a year. But I'll never see my son, right? Yeah. And I won't be able to go see my family. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you could, you know, I, I, I could do those things and, and, and be successful, but that doesn't measure me against the thing I want to be in my son's life and be, mm -hmm. you know, for him to say he loves me and I was a good man. Yeah. No, that's, that's very powerful. Um, I'll say the level of self-worth for lack of a better term, I think is, it's a constant struggle. I think for pretty much anybody really any especially any kind of any kind of dude i mean we i think see ourselves as men differently than and i can't i just can't i I'm, i can't even make the the judgment that women think that way too or not because we just You're our brains work totally different we yeah. we you can see that in our actions and the way we move about life but i just know for men anyways there's a huge the level of self-worth might not even be the right term, but the way we are perceived externally by others, we want to have worth in their eyes. 
And I, whether you're getting that from, like, you guys as fathers and you as a husband. I mean, I'm just, you have to maintain some kind of relationship with your ex-wife because you guys have a kid together. And so, like, Yeah, when I, when I text message her today and say, hey, I'm in traffic. I'm going to be late for the ferry. Can you deviate my your plans to, assist, like, accompany me? Mm-hmm. Like, I hate that. Yeah. Like, that sucks. Right. I hate, hate doing that. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like a, a complete failure. Right? Like, and it's like, well, if those are the biggest problems I have as a father to my son, Right, you know, we're 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 doing pretty good in that. Yeah, you know, if, if, if life happens, that could be her biggest gripe about me. We're doing pretty good. Not that I'm a, you know, whatever a bad influence or bad, fucking yeah. unsafe to be around or you know any of that type of shit. Yeah, yeah. being a yeah bad influence to your son that that kind of thing. That's that would be terrible. Oh, some people could probably say that. Now, do you think? Let me ask both you guys this. Um, I question whether or not I should vape in front of my son, like like these. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, like I don't I smoke or vape in front of my. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't vape. Mm-hmm. Period. And I don't. Um, I won't. I don't consume like the, I know it probably sounds like such like fucking hair splitting, but like I won't consume like flour in front of Dax. Like I won't smoke a joint. I definitely won't. Pro- it's the smell. It's I more definitely obvious. won't produce something. Like I definitely would never roll something or like smoke a fucking bong in front of him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'll I'll hit a pen when he's around, but I will not like stand immediately in front of him and do that. Mm-hmm. You know? And I don't I don't do the same do thing with this either. I don't that you're smoking something. He definitely knows that I'm smoking something. Because my um, son has to know that sometimes but, I'm smoking something. Yeah. And definitely, he, he. I know that he does because I know that I did when I was a kid. My parents always smoked weed when I was a kid. And I don't know that I was putting it together I'm at that sure time. I'm not sure at his age I you know? noticed or thought about it much. Um, and I think it probably, I think it's probably in reflection that I'm putting things together. I remember noticing signs of shit. Yeah, signs of shit that I couldn't explain. Like, like I remember the scent of, of pot in my dad's house, but not like him smoking. You know, I didn't like watch him smoke, but mm. but only then as an adult, then smoking them, be like, oh my god, this is what I fucking smelled in my dad's house. Yeah. Was that he was getting high in this room. You know what I'm saying? And then I went yeah, into yeah. this room. Um, That's funny. Yeah, yeah, because I do wonder at such a young age because it's like we can't really remember a lot of things when we're when we were like four or five, maybe, um, I have a hard time remembering most of my childhood really, That's except good. for a few things. Go put it out. Yeah. But I do wonder what Probably they, with cardboard. <laughs> oh, put it out on this. Just flick the cherry into them. Oh, there you go. Uh, what they do actually perceive and pick up and will remember. Right. And does that enter your guys's mind much overall? And not just yeah, with say totally. like drinking a beer or smoking weed or something like no, that, but like I mean, in your day to day actions, do you, are you consciously thinking yes. that they're watching me do this thing and that might have some formative effect on them in the future? Yes. Now, what what level of minuteness do you get into at that point? Oh, I mean, I think about even like his to the tone that I use with him and stuff like that. Um, how deeply he's considering that. He's Dax is like very... Um, emotionally in tune you know mm-hmm. he'll tell you if you're like not talking to him right he's not quite five um and if he feels like you're being mean to him you know and sometimes he's being exaggerated but a good majority of the time you can take a second and be like yeah i could have used a different tone like that wasn't you know the chillest tone that i could have responded in mm-hmm. um and 
so I think uh, I do think about that stuff um, and then definitely like you said down to granular like I don't we, we were talking about earlier with drugs like that was normalized to me doing all of that stuff smoking weed at 13 was normalized to me because everybody that I knew even if they weren't doing it in front of me because nobody was I knew that they were all doing that and so it was normal you know like that was fine mm-hmm. and I didn't understand what this what the side effects or whatever the consequences were from this you know or any of that type of stuff i didn't know fucking smoking pills at 15 you could die you could literally die from doing that or you could ruin your entire life like you said become addicted to that and then doing your whole life like that you know that's 13 years ago i had no idea um so i do think about that because i experienced just the normalization factor that like this is okay and i trust these people and that's Mm -hmm. we're also super particular about Who's around him? You yeah. know, why don't we don't talk to anybody on my side of the family because for reasons they're not they're not. I, good I was going to ask you about that on Thanksgiving, and I'm like, well, obviously now is not the time of time yeah. or place is what I was saying then. Yeah, and it's a but longer, I didn't know any of that because I yeah. when you invited me over to Thanksgiving, you gave me an address, and that right, was it. right. Like, I didn't even think about where that. am I going? Um, yeah, <laughs> what I am I walking about and, that? And I was like, good enough. Yeah, because I knew that you would it would be. Like, it would be good. And I'm like, I never totally, had anything to worry about. I'm totally open to discussing it. It's a longer story than it can be had on this particular episode. But You answered it, enough questions. But it is something right I'm absolutely open to discussing. I'm not by any means closed off to it. I don't, I don't talk to a ton of people in my regular life about it because it's just not that many people's business. You are one of the people I would happily discuss it with. Yeah. Um, if mm-hmm. you asked, you know, I don't like come out to people about it i don't like be like oh by the way i don't fucking talk to my mom but if anybody you know asked me about it i would be totally open about yeah this is why x y and Z. it, it was yeah. just something i just noticed on thanksgiving yeah and i was like i knew i'm not gonna ask you on say no and, i'm gonna talk and, if i'm gonna talk to you about it, i'll talk to you in person yeah and up until a couple of years ago we did um it's only within the last two years that we stopped speaking to the people on my side of the family my parents are divorced and my dad lives in arizona so i rarely spoke with him regardless um we would speak as the last time you've spoken to him reason was not born yet Mm -hmm. but dax was born he was a toddler we were living in the basement it was totally fucking random i called you or i think like immediately afterwards yep um I remember. Yeah, because it was totally random, and it had been years. He came to our wedding, which was in 2016, and then I didn't speak to him again until... I think I told him when Dax was born, but then mm-hmm. didn't speak to him again until that time. So it had been three years prior to that discussion, and he called me and tried to spark up a random discussion with me, and when I didn't like immediately respond and like ask him questions he took very strong offense to that and um was I'm like starting mm. to think i've heard you speak about um this and i may have talked about it on the show because i've talked think, about a lot of this type of stuff on the show yeah, because so. there have been times when i've spoken to him like on the way to colin's house you yeah. know and so then when i open the show i'm like i'm gonna talk for a minute because i'm super fucking upset and those are times you that, asked me if we'd cry that was the last Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, okay. those are like, you know, those are times yeah. that I've cried on the Examples, show just yeah. when I've been actively in something, you yeah. know. Um, I think we've both cried on the show at least a couple times. Yeah. Because when he brought me on to talk about this, and like we haven't gotten even scratched the surface about like, I didn't know, and I didn't know coming in here if we were going to talk about me specifically and like get deep into me, but I think mm. now we're just more talking just about. Just doing whatever. Yeah. About, yeah. I mean, and it's a, probably a good place to start too is talk about what are some of the struggles m- m- men, men are having. Yeah. Precisely. That was one of my. 
kind of generalized topics that I was going to bring up. I was going to start asking you about your family and your upbringing and yeah. what kind of stuff have you dealt with and all that good stuff. I, I didn't know any that you didn't speak to your family. Like that's yeah. I couldn't imagine being in that situation. I'm very close to my mother and father. Mm -hmm. um, well, my mother and my stepfather who took me when I was five. My dad was an alcoholic. We were talked about this. Um, he like was physically violent towards me when I was like four or five years old. And I never saw him again after that until I carried his, uh, his whatever fucking Cat. casket. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was it. Um, n that whole time in between, never reached out at the funeral. People were like, you know, he followed you on Facebook or like like was like looking at me on Facebook, not following me or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is what ten, ten years ago. Yeah, doing like Facebook stalking type stuff. Yeah, and. Uh, I was like, that's weird because he could have reached out at any time. Mm -hmm. and, and what he was just saying about his father calling and him being closed off to that discussion, I look back now and I say to myself, I think I would have easily been in that conversation with him and, and been attentive and responded and wanted to be there. But then thinking like what he said, it's like, would I have wanted to do that? Because you almost feel like you've been betrayed because he's not been there. And well, I'm sure that's obviously I mean, how he feels. Yeah. I, Which is, it's not necessarily that not you feel betrayed, but also you fucking were betrayed. Were betrayed, yeah. I mean, especially as... I don't know his story, so I don't want to speak on behalf of him. But, but yeah, I for just me, in general... I, I, yeah. I, didn't, I felt betrayed, but I was so young, I never really... He was never there, so it, was, it wasn't like this guy I knew very closely and then... Yeah, and that in itself is couldn't see like anymore. as far as I'm concerned a betrayal. I thought it was Dax since Jordan. Jordan went to the store. I'm sorry. To oh, okay. Well, I heard the thing like the thump or whatever upstairs. Yeah. And then immediately in my mind, I was like, oh my god, he's been sitting upstairs for five minutes. And now dad mode kicks coming. in. Boom. Yeah, it's Jordan. She went to the store. She's back now. I'm really sorry. Wow, sorry. she went and came back that quickly. Winco's. You are so close. I'm so here. jealous, dude. I gotta buy a house in this town. I gotta buy a house. It's really sweet. Bremerton kind of sucks, but it's nice to oh, I was in somebody's house it's the other day, dude, and I could not stop hitting my head in how small this house was. I told you I hit my head on the stairs earlier I, today. I, I want to stairs hit my head. I want to live in these few blocks. Like, in this, I, from here down to the water, I want to live somewhere in here. It's kind of cool. It is just, god damn you. I, I have to get used to living in that small of a space. I live in a small space now, but like. Small is nice. We moved out of a basement, so this is quite large. Indeed. Out of a basement to move back into a fucking basement. <laughs> I don't mean the square footage of the house. I mean how low some of the ceilings are. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean in the basement, I could touch the like, ceiling with my hands. I couldn't get dressed in a living room. Yeah. Here, I can touch the ceilings, but I don't have to. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, there you go. I can, I can put a shirt on in the living room, but also I can touch, reach up and touch the ceiling. I don't have to, though. Yeah. But if I try to do anything in the living room, I would hit my hands on the lights. Yeah. This guy's house was insane. I'm in the basement, and I'm like... Oh, yeah. Oh, that's rough. Uh, yeah. I, uh, when you go down Burwell, he's at the top of the hill. Okay. Like, right at the top of the hill. Old, there. old, old houses over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think it was, like, 1800s, like, 1890 Been around. something, yeah. Been around. Parts of Bremerton are really fucking old. Oh, yeah. Like, this house is only 41, but there are That's... tons of houses that are yeah. way older than that. You just know that this house is built for, like, the war effort, which is so fucking cool, yeah. I think. This yep. close to the shipyard? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Well, I mean, this footprint with, like, has been like all over yes. oh yeah you can in keyboard too there's like five different kinds of houses mm -hmm. you know you can kind of drive down and be like one 
two, yep. three, <laughs> and just see all the houses that are the same, but like maybe flipped the opposite direction. You know, yeah. the stairs are on the other side or some shit like that, but the layout's the exact same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really love this town. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome to live and work around here. We are I'm blessed. Really sorry that I interrupted the conversation. No, you're good. We were happy. We're, we're, we, we, we carried on. At that point. Um, yeah, we did. But, uh, me f- feeling betrayed about my, yeah, my father. Because I think um, when we're talking about the role of a father, it's to fucking be there. And whether or not it's one thing when you're in a in a divorce situation, Best right? Computer, if you will. And yes. there's a kid involved. You're still there for your, your son at any time. Yeah. You know, I'm so doing the best still I there. can by the law. You're still there. I and mean, that's, like, what else you're still in his life constantly. You care about him. But when somebody just dips out and then likes to come back into their life when their kid is an adult and is like, well, hey, I'm going to be here. Is that now. What it's like, kind of you? fuck off. We, me and my sister, my sister is seven years older than me, and we would see my dad. We started going to see him. When I was like six or seven, he lived, he moved to Arizona. My parents got divorced when I was two and he lived up here for a couple of years, then moved to Arizona. We went to start seeing him probably just a year or two after we moved down there. And I went down to see him, I think until I was like 12 or 13, mm-hmm. um, the last couple of years by myself. And then I started to kind of find out about why they were divorced and just kind of some of his history with like drugs and he was very emotionally abusive and just not a generally good person and um so i was questioning a lot of that type of stuff and then he didn't really reach out very much in that time until i became an adult and so we would communicate maybe once or twice a year um and then he flew up for our wedding um and i saw him then oh wow and I think we got a meal after that, too. Him and his wife came up, and they had a kid, and they also had custody of one of my sister's kids. And so all four of them were up here. And they, I went to, like, lunch or something with them. And then that's the last time I saw him. Um, yeah, so that was 2016. It was the last okay. time that I saw him, and then I spoke to him on the phone. Um, I spoke to him on the phone when Dax was born and maybe one or two times after that. And then when Dax was like three before reason was born, he called. Yeah. And what tried to start a random conversation with me and then was upset that I wasn't more active in the conversation yeah. and said things like, why can't, you know, have a whole conversation by myself. And, um, and I, said to him you know what it's not like i'm sitting around waiting for you to call like i don't have like a list of questions you know or things that i want to talk to you about like i'm conducting my life you know i don't you called me randomly on a thursday or whatever you know at eight o'clock at night when we're putting dax down i don't what do you want me to say to you you know yeah and um he was very upset with that and started talking about he you know it wasn't his responsibility alone to like to form a relationship with, you know, to like f- to form our relationship, and I said, as far as I'm concerned, it's completely on you if you want yeah. to have a relationship yeah. with me. I was yeah. like, I don't. Like, I, you're I, technically my fucking father. Yeah, right? I said, I said, I answered the phone call because he started by saying, I'm surprised you answered. And I said, I don't have any reason not to answer, but I've never told you that I don't want to talk to you. I've yeah. never, as an adult, certainly never told you I don't want to talk That's to you. That's how it was I've, like put to me at my dad's funeral. Yeah, like this, like I had a say in it. I was like, I'm 19 years yeah. old. I. I was a kid. I had no say in fucking anything. It doesn't, no. even now, at I'll be 29 in less than a month, it doesn't sit to me as 
I have a, a my own son who's going to be five in January and a daughter who will be one who'd be two in May. It doesn't sit with me as their responsibility to have for us to have a relationship. That's my responsibility. That's yeah. completely and totally on me to put the work in to make sure that that happens. When they're adults, there's some level of reciprocity that needs to exist there. But if I want to have a relationship, the onus is on me to ensure that that happens. And if they fight that, if they push on that, like it's, I still feel like that's my responsibility. If I want yeah. that, you know, you, if I want that, that's, that's my job. Yeah. Um, well, even in like my parents were never split up. And when I went out, joined the military, and did that whole thing, I was gone. I was I maybe come home once a year, maybe twice if I could swing it. But generally, it was like a once a year thing. I'd it's hard see to them. Get home. It's it is hard, and sometimes they'd come out and visit me, for, you know, instead or something like that. But it was like one at a time. I'd only see one of them. But regardless, as an adult who still had a good relationship with both his parents. I thought the onus at that point was on me because I'm out here gallivanting all over the fucking country, living my own life. So every Sunday, I'd call the house pretty much the same exact time every time, and I'd chop it up with them for half hour, 45 minutes, and then move on. But that's that's a completely different scenario than somebody, like, abandoning you, oh, abandoning yeah, their child, and, maybe, and then all yeah. of a sudden put the onus on you to make it your fucking problem. So well, I'm, and like, they're still my parents. They'll still help me if I need help with things. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like if you go calling, I, I'm, and I don't know, I'm not going to speak I honestly do not know. Yeah. I honestly do not know. As far as my dad goes, I have a pretty good feeling that if I called my mom and told her that I needed assistance with something, then mm -hmm. she would do that. You know, that's not the issue that I had with her and that side of my family. That was definitely way more of an emotional deal. And as I, as Dak started to get older, um, I started to see a lot of the behaviors that I experienced when I was a kid and have colored my emotional development in the way that I interact with people in a negative way. I started to see them do that same type of shit with Dax, um, interact with him in a very transactional manner and like just things that are not healthy um, and setting up dynamics and relationships that aren't he not healthy, not respecting people's boundaries, doing things that I don't think are good. Um, and after multiple discussions and uh, there's obviously much more stuff that goes into this, they were yeah. unwilling to uh, make any adjustments to that. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not willing to, even open the door for my son to have some of the same things that I'm dealing with now as an adult because of the way that my family wants to conduct themselves. I know the way that that's impacted me. And if there's even a possibility of that, of him feeling the same way, I'm not interested in that. It's not worth mm. the level of complication that it's, it's caused for me in my formation of relationships with other people. It's not worth it. I don't want him to have to get over that boundary, especially I didn't know or maybe understand this as well at the time, but like, especially him being autistic, there are other boundaries there. I'm not trying to set up any more arbitrary runs on ones on a social manner for him yeah. trying to form relationships with people. And if he, as a child has it in his brain ingrained that love is transactional, I don't want him to begin relationships that way. You know, things like almost cement themselves in him. If you don't, deal with them quickly you know um and if that's happening in the background when we're not there but he's spending time with my mom and my cousins and stuff like that and they're doing that with him that's going to become normal and that's going to become healthy and that's going to become okay 
I'm not okay with that. That's not what love looks like. That's not what caring looks like. That's not what family looks like. That's not how we deal with each other. Um, yep. So there's a lot of stuff like that that I'm not okay with. Yeah, this, you know. Yeah, this seems like it can get very deep. Like obviously, I'm not I'm not as familiar as he is, but yeah, them rivers run run deep, baby. <laughs> That, yeah, yeah, I think that would that's be par- got to be hard to freaking deal with, man. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Oh no, or, and I I appreciate that. It gets more complicated as Dax gets older because now you know uh, he spends a lot of time with like Jordan's parents and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and even them being divorced, he still spends a lot of time with like Kevin and Kelly and um, you know, Grandma and Grandpa. Like oh, yeah. these are very yeah. regular things. So he asks like, "Where's your grandma?" Where's your mom? Where's yeah. your dad? My dad's an easy thing. My dad isn't a good person. He he isn't good with me, so he doesn't have a good relationship with me, so we don't talk. That's very simple. Yeah. Very, very simple, very cut and dry. Mm-hmm. I had a very similar conversation with my yeah, son today. The stuff with my mom, you know, when he asked, where does she live? My dad is even, where does he live? He lives in a different state. He lives fucking three hours flight from here. You know, it yeah. would take us a while to get there. My mom lives fucking 20 minutes from here, last time I knew. She lives in the, she lives in Bremerton. My grandma lives in Bremerton. All of my family. Wow. I told you my cousins live on the same road that you do. So all of my cousins on that side of my family live within the proximity that I had a a reoccurring relationship with them up until the point that we chose to withdraw ourselves. Um, so yeah, when he asked that shit, where's your mom? She lives somewhere in Bremerton. What do you mean? Yeah, I don't know where she lives. We don't talk to her. So. Um, it's super complicated, you know, just because that one is not as as is easy as uh, on like a everyday basis. Yeah, a, I feel like there's like an age, there's an age at which that would become more understandable. Yeah, but it, I can't imagine trying to explain that at a certain age. It's there's the level of comprehension just can't exist. I think maybe. also doesn't really need to be there either. No, 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 no. And not at this the level of of like intimacy and understanding you know there's even there's it, it's still raw i would say to the point that like there's a disparity in understanding that my mom is still fucking on facebook commenting on like people's photos of us you know oh i wish that they would you know let me love them and like stuff like that that's like this isn't even close that's to helpful. what's going on you know like yeah. does that does, are you saying that that well, happens, happens all the time yeah yeah my mom is still doing that she'll just make random posts on the internet you know about fucking how I want us to love my children and I just wish that they would let me do it and you know all that type of shit that it's you know it's it's our fault that you know she's in a victim role we're doing things to her we're doing this stuff you know I told you my sister is deep deep in the throes of multiple drug addictions certainly there is choice involved in what's going on here but to act as though you know it, it, there, there's yeah, a, there's gotta, a disparity in understanding there of even what the core yeah. issue is that doesn't even wow. beget a conversation worth having, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what we've been the last, like, since we stopped talking to them that, like, Jordan and I have talked about it many times. And, like, I don't, I don't have any indication now that a conversation with them even about what these issues are would be fruitful or productive. Yeah. So I don't have mm-hmm. any reason to want to try and communicate with them, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yep, like that's going to be a real good episode in the future, I think, just diving deeper into some of that stuff. Yeah, sorry if I drug out too long. I know no, you I did was not. Like, it's fucking too that long was, to fucking. No, what that do you, was great. how do you approach something yeah. like that? You know, no. how do you try to do it in a short amount of time? Yeah, you there's obviously can't. much more detail that and I have. I said, I'll, I'm happy to I share have to with explain you to my son one day why I'm not with his mom, either. right? Yep. And like, 
it's not that that doesn't come up it's just like you know because we're not right you know? yeah yeah and the, when the, you're 20 i'll talk to you about it yeah when there's a level of of understanding that can be properly had yeah then it's then then it'll be it'll actually be a, a worthwhile conversation yeah. yeah but other than that it's you gotta find the right balance of what to actually say and that i can't imagine what that struggle is like for both of you guys i feel kind of well, lucky might be the wrong word but i feel lucky that i don't have to deal with those kind of things and that's this is why this is essentially part of the reason why we're doing this show is to be able to have conversations like this explore these different avenues of men's mental health i mean these are all things that make us who we are today the, they they color the decisions we make and the choices we make throughout life and how we move through it and it's everybody has stories like this in some capacity everybody goes through some type of shit every dude out there is dealing with things that they don't generally talk about on a wide scale basis and we fucking should be because there's no other way that we're going to reach a level of understanding towards other men and even from the opposite sex if they if they don't know what what we deal with and the things that run through our minds and how we approach them and the consequences of everything they don't know what they don't know and then they they have no idea how to be around us at that point or understand why we do certain things that we do and everybody's got an individual story but that brought them to where they are and brian i would like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming today and sharing the you know like we said we've only scratched the surface on oh, this yeah. so you, you can i leave back. you can i leave you with one one request i would absolutely love to do that um everybody talks about reaching out getting help therapy your family your friends blah 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 Mm-hmm. talk about really what that means and what you can expect when when oh yeah because i'd like to know right because i've got problems right and mm-hmm. i've know i've expressed them in the chat a few times like just talking mm-hmm. to bronson the other day right. like hey i'm i'm dealing with it in a similar fashion you are like and i don't know what more to that there is just mm-hmm. like hey like acknowledge it and let's try to like fix it right yeah Yeah. maybe dive a little deeper and see oh absolutely i've been i've gone through a very intense version of that over the past like year and we'll just say the the way i went about it was i think extremely healthy for me and i know it was extremely healthy for the people that i really talked to about stuff like that went through similar situations around similar times and Yes, the the concept of even bringing something up like that, especially to like a good friend of yours, I don't want to fucking put that burden on you. It's not something that I want to do to a, a good friend of mine. But it turns out, when you go about it properly, it pays dividends that I can't even begin to explain how healthy they have been. So I will absolutely be diving into that that realm more as we go along because it's I've been the benefit of it very recently and it's yeah. all very fresh and i cannot explain to you the level of healthiness i got from that i'll say because i was the whole time you were saying that i'm thinking to myself 
I've expressed, you know, my life situation mm -hmm. and you invited me to Thanksgiving. Like mm -hmm. what a difference me being with you and your family could have been as opposed to me getting fucked up at home, playing video games, being depressed that I don't have my son. I'm too far from my family. Like, yep. nope, got some good ass food, hung out with you. It was a good time. Yep. I go home, go to bed and have some leftovers for the next day. Right. Yeah. Like what a difference that made just from, you know talking to my friend and you knowing me a little bit deeper than some of the other people who i i call my friends right, right. yep so yeah there's a there's different levels and yeah as we go forward we'll definitely be exploring those because they are worth their weight in gold well good start to your thing boys Absolutely. i love it thanks for coming buddy Fuck as yeah. always so we'll uh keep pushing it we'll uh we'll, I'll be we'll get the next one on the books here pretty soon yeah we'll get you scheduled out and <laughs> And then, yeah, I want to dive deeper into yeah. you next time. That's this will be good. Ooh. Yeah, don't don't tempt <laughs> me with a good time, buddy. <laughs> All, right. All right. So uh, I don't really have any closeout lines, I guess. But uh, I think the only one I want to say for this one is just stay strong. Stay I strong. Think that's the thing. Stay strong is the. It's part of the original one, you know, the mm -hmm. one for the main show, and I think that that's kind of the theme of this one. Yep. Is you know, not not like a. <clears throat> You don't need to be an unwavering, emotionless piece of stone. You know, that's not what we mean. Nope. We mean stay strong. Keep keep pushing. It's worth it for you to stay here. Your life is worth it. You are worth it. You yep. do mean something. You do have value. Um, there are people in your life that care about you. Sometimes you don't know about it, you know. Yep. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you thought that I might reach out to you on Thanksgiving or something like that, or like that that was a, 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 a possibility or whatever. Um, I don't mean in that specific instance, uh, like me specifically, but um, I don't know that the opportunity was there. I just mean that like there are people that care about you to that level, even if you don't know about I, it. You know I, yeah. That's what I, I was waiting and I was like, I assume somebody may reach out because yeah. people usually do. Yeah. And you ended up you did but i was gonna be like hey is anyone doing anything that i could go do yeah because i knew i needed it but mm -hmm. i just hadn't done it yet right and i probably should have done it earlier than than the, the day before, fucking day before yeah. but i was like whatever you know i also wasn't sure if somebody was going to say something last minute right because i usually have a place to go and my buddy he was going over to see his uh in-laws so mm. you know that was it i was but, staying in the kitchen cooking dinner for the kids thinking about going shooting thinking about the boys and i was like oh brian i was like oh i wonder if brian is doing something tomorrow <laughs> yeah, yeah no, hit him up. before jordan even got home it's like well i appreciate it a lot absolutely dude i, I love you well i love you too man it's it's been a real pleasure meeting you and meeting you through him and it's been i cannot wait to see you out there on the ninth and that's right baby it'll be good for you i think too oh i, I guarantee you it is so there will be no cancellations. <laughs> no. We don't do cancellations around here, bitches. All right. Dress warm, too. That fucking oh, hill yeah. in the wintertime. That hill, people don't realize we've had a lot of people come unprepared. Whatever this is, subtract 20, 20 degrees oh, and add sure. 30 miles an hour wind. When yeah. we were up, we went shooting last <laughs> Every time. weekend. Or um, you're on the sun in quill scene um, when we went and okay. it's, oh, yeah. i don't know the elevations or anything yeah, like that i, I just I mean the exactly level of coldness there were legit ice crystals three quarter inch long on the rocks on the ground yeah. it was colder yes. than tits out there i've been yeah. driving up around this area yeah getting high yeah no i'm gonna i got a big 
tote, big plastic tote full of just scrap wood. I think I'm going to bring out there with me. We'll get a little fire going during lunchtime at the very least. Get it's never a bad idea. Bit. I yeah. was going to ask the chat if anybody had a the chat. Ask the right. group. The anybody amble, had a the fire pit. Of men. I was going to grab some firewood and. I say bring firewood no matter what. There's usually a couple of pits. We'll set figure up out there something. Already. Yeah, yeah we'll we grab could some rocks grab some bigger rocks and. One. I yeah. I think that'll be we're there for so long. It'll be nice to have a little place yes. to gather around. Yeah, hell yeah. For especially we've been doing this too long now without staying warm. Lunch and during the class and stuff, we'll be sitting around for a little while, so it will be worth. Yeah. you know. we've had some catastrophic weather events with yeah. tents <laughs> flying and hitting cars. And, Ooh, yeah. Oh. Nice. All right. Well, I look forward to it, gentlemen. Both of you. Yes. Love you both. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank cool. you. Come to the south of the streets, coming at you.